Blog Talk Radio. Pajama stuff's coming along pretty good. Uh, 
Oh, my goodness. And, you know, I got to do this week such a fun event. Okay, so I went to uh, volunteer uh, for Minnie's Pantry uh, this Saturday. Oh, listen, child, let me tell y'all something. Y'all know I don't like getting up early. I mean, early, early. <laughs> I usually get up early, but early, like five-something. I think I was up at four-something, four five-something, because we had to be at this food pantry very early. Man, it was a blast. I had the best time. It was so fun uh, getting to We, we uh, served the public. It's almost 3,000, 3, 4,000 cars come through, and we gave them uh, Thanksgiving meals that people can have at the holiday. Man, you talking about a blast. you talking about fun. Now, wait a minute. I am sore the next day. <laughs> I know I'm getting old. My feet was hurting. Feet swollen. Back at it, take an Abby. <laughs> but I had a blast, I'm telling you. So if you guys ever get a chance, let me just encourage you guys, you know, to to if you can, to try and volunteer for things like that. It may seem at first like you're going, you know, I know light, a lot's happening in life. And I love to volunteer, so it was just such, so much fun. We had a great time. And it was, it was just, and it's always it was so great to see people so happy. They had listen, and Minnie's Pantry know how to do it. They had a live band, music blasting, DJ. I mean, it was just fun. The people who were serving were so much fun, and so when the people were coming through the line, they were having a good time, waving. It was just like a wonderful celebration of the kickoff to the holidays. But what was even better is seeing people so happy to be able to get something that they need. And trust me, it was a lot of cars. There were so many people out there. So it was, it was, it, you know, it makes you grateful at the same time, you know, grateful for what you got. But it was, man, it was just an exhilarating experience. So I had fun. So wherever you are in your hometown or something like that, there's a event or something that you could go to and you have time to, volunteer, donate, definitely do so. It makes you feel so good. It, it was, And I had such a blast. So shout out to Minnie's Pantry. It was just so fun, motivating everything, okay? They fed us. <laughs> they uh, they had drinks for us. I mean, they, they kept it. I mean, they kept it fun the whole time for the volunteers. So it was so fun. And the volunteers kept it fun for the people coming through, driving through. And trust me, it was a long line. It had been people there, they said, since the night before, waiting in line to just get a box, boxes, a box of food for their Thanksgiving meal and turkey and everything like that. Can you imagine being outside overnight? So just a, a absolute blessing. Had a wonderful time. So, uh, yeah. So that was uh, uh, so far – uh, my weekend, what else, what else, what else, what else? Uh, <clears throat> I'm finishing up my final stuff, my, you know, stuff. I'm doing, trying to do things early because, you know, I'm almost headed towards my last week of this semester, and I am, a girl is tired, okay? So <laughs> some of these shows, y'all know how y'all, I be doing these shows. They might be sporadic. I even took a nap before this show. <laughs> I was like, I need a nap before I get on and talk to their asses because I'm tired. <laughs> Because <laughs> I am tired, okay? Just and getting ready to uh, for Thanksgiving week and all this. It's a lot, 
okay? And it comes so fast, but it's all good. So this week uh, I got to see, I caught back up with BMF, Black Mafia Family. Now, remember I told y'all I had stopped at the second second episode because I was like, oh, I was good. I, it wasn't just, it, it had started off kind of slow for me. So I said, let me, you know what, let me pick it up from where I left off. Y'all, y'all didn't tell me how good Black Mafia family had become. Oh, that shit is great. <laughs> I love it. I don't know what happened after the third episode, but man, <laughs> oh, it is. I love it. Okay, so I'm I'm enjoying. Yeah, I'm telling y'all now. I really after the third episode, Black Mafia Family, I had given up, but then I went back and watched it. I caught up. I watched the season finale just today. Oh my God! You know, and this is based loosely on a family out of Detroit in the '80s and the '90s and stuff who ran things, uh, and they had called themselves BMF, Black, Black Mafia Family. So it is a very interesting story, uh, you know, because it's loosely based on a real-life real life brothers and who put together this this uh, this group in the 80s in the drug trade, for drug trade, allegedly money laundering and stuff like that. I mean, just an interesting story, okay? Uh, very good. I wasn't impressed the first two episodes, but let me tell you, after the third episode, shit, that shit's almost the best thing on on stars right now. Probably is, okay? And remember, I was talking about Courtney Kimberly. You go over and get Courtney Kimberly. Uh-uh. They need to stay. <laughs> Whatever happened, the writers picked it up, okay? Very good, okay, on stars. Uh, let's talk about Power Book. Came out tonight. I actually watched it last night. I couldn't wait. I said, yes. Oh, my God. Tyreek is back, and the crew, I'm excited, woo-hoo-hoo. No, the first episode was dull as fuck. Sorry, Courtney. Listen, this is all I say. I won't give y'all any giveaways. I know some of y'all watch the show, who I'm talking to on here. Y'all, y'all, we, y'all talk about it, but let me just say this. And I'm drinking and talk to y'all. I need to drink of water real quick as I get into this. But listen. Tyreek needs to, Tyreek can't be this dumb. Well, you know, his daddy was dumb. His daddy was dumb. Ghost was dumb. Okay? Y'all like Ghost, but Ghost was a, look back at Ghost. Ghost was a dumbass drug dealer, for real. I don't know how he got that high up. I don't know how Ghost stayed alive as long as he did. I mean, he, let's talk about the stupid shit that Ghost did. As a big-time Ghost drug dealer owning a big-time nightclub and stuff, Ghost put all his shit at risk to mess with a district attorney. What the fuck? Who was about her job? You know what I'm saying? He was just doing stupid shit. I mean, Ghost was stupid, okay? And Tyreek was even was even dumber in Ghost, in Ghost, okay? But I don't want Tyreek to continue to be dumb in Power Book too. And that's what this 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 first episode is just it's starting to downplay Tyreek, and I don't like it because what we liked about Tyreek. Courtney, where we thought you were going with Tyreek, was this kid who was who went through the motions in Power Book One, who we hated. We was like, this little motherfucker, this little motherfucker, Tyreek need a whooping. That's how we. <laughs> that's how most of us every week was. 
angry with Tyree. We want him to get his ass to we starting to love Tyree and Power Book too. So we felt like Tyreek was starting to come into his own, you know, his own adulthood, being raised by Ghost, Tasha, and Tommy from a distance. We thought Tyreek maybe, you know, stepping in this, stepping into his own, far more advanced than the average criminal mind. You know what I'm saying? Because he was raised by top notch. Yeah, I know Ghost was a little stupid, but he was still raised by top notch criminals, right? But no, Tyreek is still a dumbass, and I don't like it. I want Courtney to to step it up. I I feel like Tyreek needs to have more husband. He doesn't need to be as weak as he is. He's the, the story of power, book two. I'm not quite sure if it's a, is it the Tahada story, is it Tyreek's story. Whose story is Power Book Two? That's where I'm. That's what I'm trying to go. Where I'm. Where I'm kind of confused at right now with Courtney. Is Power Book Two supposed to be Ghost Story? I mean Tyreek's story picking up after his dead. I mean, or is it the Tahadas? Because with Monet and Mary J. Blige's character, let me just say this: I like the character of Monet, but y'all got to pick her up too. I mean. Monet's starting to sound the same. She's complaining about the same stuff. She seems like she's making mistakes already with trying to get the young man to, you know, basketball. He's a Zeke. It's just, oh, it's a lot. It's a lot. And the professor situation was dumb as fuck. It, it seemed like a, a storyline we did not need. So I'm just trying to see where Courtney's going in all this. And um, all this, I'm pretty sure she's gonna make me proud by the fourth or fifth episode. You know, sometimes she likes to get a little slow, and then suddenly it picks up all of a sudden. But the Tyreek that we saw on the stand at the end of Power Book to the first season, that Tyreek with the red suit, who was just lying through his teeth, controlling the room with his smarts, that's the Tyreek I want to see more of. I was like, yes, that's it. Oh, man, Power Book 2 was so impressive. I mean, Power Book 2's ending of the first season was very impressive, and I really liked it. So I need to kind of understand where you're going with all of that. I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's all. That's all for us Power Book 2 Like, where is she going right now? Because it seems like she's dropped Tyreek back down a few notches. Like, he's a dumbass again. So I'm kind of like, well, what the hell is going on here? Why are we back to Tyreek in Power Book 1? I don't want to see Power Book 1 Tyreek. I just started liking Tyreek first season of Power Book 2. Why are you going to take him back to Power Book 1? I mean, I don't know. (laughs) And I feel like Tyreek is, is... Tyreek has graduated from that kind of behavior. I feel like Tyreek may have learned a lot from his father watching Tommy and now watching Monet, watching this whole thing. So I want to see more. I'm not impressed, okay? The first episode I'm sort of like, eh, eh, eh. Because, you know, 
Courtney shows are supposed I feel like it's supposed to run it. And Black Mafia family right now is running shit. That that Black Mafia family is really good. It wasn't that good the first two episodes. But after the second episode, that shit got great. <laughs> so it's it, it but it's again, I think with uh Black Mafia family, because it was based on a true story, it's based loosely on a true story. They were trying to build up the story because it really is somewhat based on a real family out of Detroit. So it's very interesting too where it's going, set in the late eighties and stuff like that. So hopefully we really uh we'll see the same thing happen with Power Book Two. It'll get better as it goes along. Okay. So that's my for those of you who wonder about my uh opinion on all that, there you go. <laughs> Okay, so uh, Love After Lockup. I have not caught up, okay? I haven't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For those of you who like to hear me talk about Love After Lockup, I have not caught up. I probably have to go back and catch up on some episodes. I'll let you know what I think about that soon, okay? Um, Okay, now it's time for It's a Word. Y'all know my favorite thing to do. Uh, It's a Word is a motivational uh moment I give you guys, uh, you know, to just help what I have went through this week or just to help you guys go uh, go through your uh, your week with a word of motivation. I don't really know if my it's a word this week. I don't really, I really, I really, it's coming off the top of my head. You know, sometimes I write down my it's a word, but this week it's kind of coming off the top of my head. And what it really is is I feel like as we head into Thanksgiving holiday week, a lot of us are going to be with our families, you know, families who we ain't seen in a long time. Y'all know how quick that shit can go left, right? <laughs> somebody say the wrong thing to you. Somebody say, <laughs> you, know how I go. you know how family be, okay? Family sometimes be the worst, right? So this week, what I wanted to tell, wanted you guys to remember is to have uh, try to go into your Thanksgiving holiday with not only a thankful heart and seriously, because I saw people the other day driving through line through a, a line that probably took them hours to get through just for a box of food and a turkey, so they can make it through the holidays. So. Think about your life. You might get that crazy person you got arguing at the family meal or something like that. But think, think of have a grateful heart and gratitude for what you have, or the fact that you're able to get with family one more, you know, another time, right? You know, isn't that beautiful that you're able to get with your family, talk to your family, even no matter how crazy their asses are and stuff like that, love on them and all that stuff. Isn't that a blessing? Because some people don't have that. Okay, so. Go into it with a grateful attitude and a grateful heart. Not only that, but also think about this week, you know, and I was thinking about this this week too myself. You know, what is, you know, love? Like the true definition of love. And I'm not just in a romantic sense. You know, I'm not talking about that. You know, I'm talking about it all, okay? What is, what does that really mean? You know, how... How do we express it as humanity? How do we go about it every day? You know, and love is such, people like to simplify love. People like to say stuff like, oh, if, it, if it's really love, it's going to be simple. If it's blah, blah, blah. You know, we say crazy stuff. But the truth of the matter is love is such a complicated vibe because love can take on so many forms. 
But always I feel at the end of love is a sense of goodness and hope. You know what I'm saying? Love ain't something, you know when somebody's acting outside of love, okay? But when people are acting in a space of love, even if it's difficulty, diff- difficult or complex, you can still feel at the root of it there is love, right? You know what I'm saying? So this week, I guess I just want to encourage you guys to think about, you know, what is love, the power of love, how do we how do we use it to go into our holidays to remain, you know, having a good attitude, a fresh attitude with people that's not so, you know, not that sometimes maybe won't have a good attitude. How do we express love in our experience day to day? Y'all get what I'm saying? I hope y'all do, okay? Because it's, it's going to be that simple. That's my it's a word. <laughs> really, I'm not going to make it this deep this week. It's really just as just simple as that, expressing gratitude in your own life and expressing love this week, in, in, even if it's in a complex way, but in a way that is um, that at the root of it that you know it's love. Okay? You know what I'm saying? You know, people express love in so many complex ways, but they really love you, but they just sometimes people don't know how to express it. And sometimes you have to be able to recognize it. You know what I'm saying? In different when your family members, different ways, you know. I'm not talking about abusive people. But I'm talking about when you really, people love you, but sometimes they don't know how to express it and stuff like that. And so sometimes you have to be that expression for them, okay? So I just want to encourage you guys to think of that on that this holiday season. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, whatever your, um, whatever your situation to try to think on love and gratitude, okay? Man, all right. So I was talking about, that's your, it's a word for the day too, okay? And I'm sure you know me. Has this show gone? I'm sure it's going to be some more it's a word. <laughs> and this might be coming to it's a word right now, okay? Another it's a word. This week, another new up and come. well, he'd been around for a minute, up and coming rapper was killed. Okay. I don't know what's up with all these rappers. It be rappers I never heard of. I mean, it is a lot of rappers. It's 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 like a dangerous thing to be a new up and coming rapper. I'm starting to believe that Illuminati shit might be kind of real. <laughs> I mean, it's not funny. The death, somebody dying is not funny. But I, the Illuminati stuff, I'm like, whoa, this is kind of crazy, you know, because every week. It is, I mean, every every few months, I mean, it's some new rapper, a rapper that is, is end up dead in a senseless murder. Well, this week in Memphis, the rapper Young Dolph, which I knew nothing about, okay, was um, killed right in his hometown. I guess he was going out to get cookies. Cookies! And while he was in the place going to get cookies, two fools pulled up. With eight, it was an AK-47 now. Now, they, they was real, I hear they already got caught. I'm not sure, or allegedly they may have been caught. They caught people who they thought allegedly wasn't. The thing is, they caught their ass on camera. You know what I mean? Now, I mean, they seemed like they were staking it, him out, but they asses failed to look for cameras. I mean, really dumb asses. And they had and they had AK-47. Would have ended up shooting up this cookie shot. Just, just stupid stuff. Just, just dumb. Okay, and end up killing this young man. Now. 36-year-old, had a family, two children, 
did a lot of great things for his community. Uh, I didn't know him, but I read about a lot of things that he did and everything like that. Any death is senseless. But let me just say something to you young rappers, because a lot of this, a lot of times what's going on here is there's a sense of confusion, I think, going on. And let me just say this, and this is not to diss young Dolph for his memory or anything like that. My condolences and sympathy to his family and his loved ones, that's senseless. Nobody deserves to be uh, murdered like a dog in the street. Hey, nobody does that, deserves that. But let me just say this. You, a lot of you guys who rap out here rap about senseless shit. I mean, I listen to some of these raps, and it's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> no, and you expect, because words are powerful. Words have effect. When you speak into the atmosphere, you speak powerful things. Sometimes I have to catch myself about words I speak. You know what I'm saying? Words I may speak over myself or something like that, because words are powerful. And a lot of you young men think you would come through and rap about street shit. You know what I'm saying? Street and still be a rap. And I know it's been this vicious cycle because what's going on into this into uh, black American culture right now? What has happened is that we have seen a number of alleged ex dope boys <laughs> become executives now. In allegedly in the rap game, who made their money off of uh, rapping about street shit, and now they up there as executives and they be talking shit, telling black people you need to own your own. When they asses was terrorizing the community, not only with they with drug dealing, but terrorizing the community now with they filthy ass music. Okay, <laughs> and listen, I'm guilty too because I like some some of that wild shit too. Okay, sometimes I have to be like, Ooh, is that really what we want to say? Because beats be hot, right? But the truth of the matter is that the words you speak are just as poisonous as selling selling drugs. If you are encouraging it or if you're encouraging a certain lifestyle and you turn around and you say, well, I, I give out turkeys at the community. I'm really a great community activist. But your words that you speak on rap albums and stuff like that still sound like a dealer. Well, you ain't nothing but a Nino Brown giving out turkeys at Christmas. We have to stop the bullshit, the vicious cycle. And it's so funny. I saw, uh, I heard this week a particular radio personality, a big time one, say something. He started to chastise the community. Unfortunately, in the community, he was doing his famous little thing he has every week, I think. And he said, these type of communities are impoverished, and they're blah, 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 blah. And I was so sickened to hear him be critical against the community when this is like, it's only like 20% of the community that acts out. And and our whole community gets blamed for 20% of nigga shit. That's exactly what I said, nigga shit. 20% of it, we get blamed for that bullshit. But the truth of the matter is, he's a part of this same guy who was talking is a part of that vicious cycle because they have these record, he makes money off of the community being impoverished, right? Because these dudes grow up 
and become seeds in the community. And whether they deal in or not, they start to rap about those horrible lifestyles, making things cool and shit like that. And they interview them and talk to them and everything. You are part of that impoverished shit. You benefit off of them being impoverished. People benefit off of these ugly genocidal stories. And then you expect to be able to go back to the hood when you know you're no longer in that lifestyle. And you expect to deal with grimy Negroes from a rapper level. No, grimy Negroes don't deal like that. You singing grimy Negro shit, grimy Negroes is coming to meet you. Right? So what in the world? What can we expect if this is the kind of shit we're going to be rapping and singing about? Your words are powerful. Your words will take you out of here, especially when they're going throughout a community. And why I hate what happened to this young man. Unfortunately, there had, he had other attempts on his life. And I listened to some of the rap songs, I was like, oh, Lord. No offense, if some of them was hot beats, I mean, I ain't going to lie. But the, here the thing was is that even his last one, I think he did the, the last one was called Paper or something, Paper Route of Illuminati. And he had a, he was holding up a, 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 the, a, the eye, the symbol, you know, the rectangle with the, and he had the red eye in the middle and stuff like this. Let me tell y'all something, okay? Let me explain y'all some real shit, okay, on here. Quit provoking these spirits. A lot of y'all really, for real, a lot of y'all be throwing up Illuminati symbols or what y'all can perceive as Illuminati symbols, and a lot of shit is witchcraft and shit you don't know shit about, and you start provoking shit. You think you just trapping here. You're just making a joke. But you calling out spirits. Stop it. Don't underestimate the power of symbolism. Don't underestimate the power of words. And it's very sad. It's sad that he has to end up like that, dead in the street. Another statistic. But I also say shame on these uh, radio stations, record companies, and everything that keep promote that continue to promote the ignorant shit. Okay. Don't chastise the community when you when you benefit off of the community's impoverishment and poverty, the poverty cycle. When you invite these a lot of these dudes on to be talking and shit, and they don't be talking about nothing. You know they ain't talking about nothing. I don't care about your, the projects you do. In the hood, a lot of people see. A lot of people will excuse that. That I call it the Nino Brown syndrome. A lot of what happens is people will give do good things. They'll have turkey drives. I ain't saying this is with Young Dolph, you know, or whatever. But they'll have turkey drives and all these other things and everything. But meanwhile, your words are poisonous to the community. I mean, Nino Brown had turkey drives too. And when I talk about Nino Brown, I'm talking about uh, y'all know what I'm talking about, New Jack City. Watch New Jack City if y'all haven't ever watched New Jack City. But there's been a lot of, you know, who will try to excuse their 
they're, them doing all kind of bad stuff. We even got big-time rappers that do that. I can name one right now. Y'all know who I name. I don't want to check in the Ramada Inn right now. This is kind of late. But we got big-time rappers who have made their loot and money and shit like that. And I'm going to go ahead and say this. Jay-Z, we got people like that who have made all kind of money talking about rock boys and all this bullshit. And I've been a Jay-Z fan. There's some things I'd like to hear. But they talk about all that bullshit. Then they only to become, get backed by white executives because he really ain't the man. Get backed by white executives and then start talking shit to you. Well, you need to own your own. Black people need to own your own. Yeah, if you keep stop spreading your shit throughout the community, maybe black people can get out get out from the, you know, stuff. But they get up there and they start they start a vicious cycle and they they what they'll do is give good things to excuse all the bad shit they done did. All the ugliness. Oh, and you know, I give back to the community. I'm gonna produce this particular thing. I'm gonna do this. And you can always feel their spirit. You can feel their spirit across the giving. You know what it is. So all I'm saying is, and I'm saying this about him, I don't know about him, but like, again, I said condolences to his family and everything, but I just heard some of the music. And I, Listen, you, the words I, you sing about, even if you ain't living that life, that shit can come back to haunt you. Be very careful. The symbolism that you invoke and do, Listen, if you think it got to do with some Illuminati, you know, some witchcraft, you better leave that shit alone. You don't know what spirits you're invoking up in. I'm just telling you. And it be real up in the spirit world, okay? That's all. That's all. Rest in peace, young doll. It's very sad. But I, I said what I said, and I meant every word that I said. There will be continued to be more young rappers, young rappers and stuff dying, not only because of the words they invoke, genocidal music, but also maybe the connections and things that they get involved with. So be careful of your surroundings, your partnerships, all of that, okay? Very sad, all right? All right, so... When I get back, because I got to take a break, child. When I get back, we got so much to talk about, okay? We got to talk about this Cal Rittenhouse being acquitted. I was not surprised at all, okay? I'm sorry, I was not, okay? We'll talk about that. Uh, the politics of Adele. I want to talk about Adele for a moment. You know, I haven't even listened to the new album. I actually haven't seen the new interviews. In some senses, I'm quietly angry about Adele. Not at Adele, because I'm a big Adele fan. But I'm I'm quietly angry about what I see. The promotion of black women in the music business and the Dales of the world, okay? So I'm going to talk about that shit. And somebody said something dumb this week. Somebody said something about Adele. Somebody said something I was reading. Said Beyonce, I mean, Adele is a black Beyonce. I said, what the fuck? Who are you looking at? Adele, who, what, what the fuck kind of thing are you looking at? Adele is nothing like Beyonce. At all. Now, if you said she's the Whitney Houston, I would get that. But Beyonce, shit. <laughs> okay? So we'll talk about that in a minute. I'm going to talk about that. And, um, you know, oh, I'm, I almost forgot. Y'all, how could I forget about Listen, we got to stop before I go on break. I ain't going on break yet. Let me give me another drink of water. Hold on. I know this show's messy, okay? If you new listen to the show, it's a messy-ass show, okay? I drink, I eat, I do all kind of stuff, okay? That's, you know, my listeners are used to it, okay? <laughs> Welcome to the show. But I forgot to talk about Versus. 
First of all, let me just say this, okay? Did I not tell y'all about Stephanie Mills that y'all underestimate? Not only, let me just shout out Stephanie Mills right quick. Let me just shout out one of my, who's been one of my favorite singers since I was a little girl. One of my first albums was Stephanie Mills' album, the one with the hair slicked back with Keep Away Girls on it. I'm a Stephanie Mills fan. Okay, I was 10 years old. Okay, listen to Stephanie Mills. Stephanie Mills, I, y'all don't know about Stephanie Mills. I knew Stephanie Mills was going to show up and show out, okay? And, and yes, I know Shaka got a lot of hits. I'm a huge Shaka fan too, right? But I knew Miss Stephanie and how Miss Stephanie wrote. Miss Stephanie's always, if you ain't ever seen Miss Stephanie in concert, you it, it's a treat, okay? Please go see Stephanie Mills, okay, where you get, if you get a shot. But versus Stephanie saved the fucking day because Shaka Khan's ass, who I have been saying for years, was a, is a hit or a miss. I love me some Shaka, but Shaka is a hit or a miss. Shit, Shaka's been a hit or a miss since the 90s. No offense, but she has been, okay? I love Shaka Khan, but I've seen Shaka Khan in concert a number of times. I've seen good concerts. I've seen bad concerts. <laughs> and I love me some Shaka. But the versus... Now, Shaka, you knew your ass, Aries' ass, okay? This Aries, Steffi's an Aries, too, but Shaka's ass. This Aries, no, bro. Scorpio, she, she, she really like giving the shit. <laughs> just just getting drunk backstage, not understanding, bitch, you got a show. <laughs> Probably didn't give a Shaka came out to barely stand up. Drunk as hell. Drunk, drunk, drunk. I was scared a number of times. I thought Shaka was going to fall her ass down. Shout out to Sister Stephanie for for holding her up. Stephanie didn't embarrass her. Stephanie didn't do Stephanie was the ultimate professional helping her sing her songs. Stephanie Mills showed how much a fan she was of Shaka Khan. Stephanie Mills sang every song with her. Stephanie Mills helped her. Stephanie, you know, y'all better give Stephanie Mills her flowers, too. One of these CT, somebody better give Stephanie Mills a legend award out in these streets. Because Stephanie Mills has been doing it for years like that. But what she did yesterday, I mean, the other couple days ago with Versus, not only show how professional and loving she is, because she, she, she stood for her sister, stood up for her sister when her sister was out there drunk out her fucking mind. And let me just say this to uh, all you young people out there, you young, especially you new young artists, okay? Shaka can still out-sing half of y'all bitches out there drunk. <laughs> Shaka was hitting all them notes now. Shaka wasn't missing them notes. <laughs> when them high notes came, Shaka's ass, she went off a little. But Shaka's ass will show you the power of that voice, okay? Shaka can say, have you bitches, have, better to have you bitches drunk. <laughs> Most of you bitches, not half. Most of you. Well, I would just say uh, versus the other day was a really testament to Stephanie Mills' power. Shout out to Shaka. Love Shaka, too. But Shaka, get your ass together. Don't come out and stay drunk and shit. You knew what the hell was going on. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But it was a fun versus, so It was fun to watch. I love going down memory lane. One of, two of my favorite singers. But, man, listen here, Miss Stephanie Mills. 
you do not get enough love. Such a beautiful spirit, so funny. So you got to hear some of her interviews and everything. I mean, Stephanie's that girl. She's been that way for a long time. People just there's a lot of young. It was I was so surprised. I was reading, you know, when I was watching the verses, I was reading a lot of comments, and it's so amazing how many people don't know Stephanie. And that's because Stephanie, let me just explain this career of Stephanie Mills in, in some ways. I've told people she was like the Whitney Houston of R&B for years because Stephanie never really crossed over like a lot of the other artists did. Stephanie really kind of stayed true to her R&B roots, her rhythm and blues roots. And it cost Stephanie a lot. She That's why she never wanted to, the rumor was she never wanted to do an unsung because she didn't like the title because she said she don't feel like her career was unsung because she didn't cross over, which really she didn't need to. Stephanie was a hood. Stephanie is a hood favorite. People in the hood love in the back in the in the seventies, eighties love Stephanie Mills. Okay, so Stephanie is like, I don't need that. I have had a beautiful career, and I'm continuing to have a beautiful career. So she don't even see like I don't even see I don't even see the need. What you mean unsung? I've had a great career. So I wish she would do one, though, because she has a powerful story. I mean, she could say, I mean, they could work out the logistics about the name and everything, but I wish she would do an unsung just to, because I don't think that's what TV One is saying that you, you know, they're just saying that here's someone who is well-loved that you may not know. Even though the name says, I think she's saying, they're saying not that you have some some situations are unsung because of tragedies and stuff like that, but I think they call her unsung because she not enough people know her like they should. I mean, and Stephanie's been a great talent, uh, you know, that so many people deserve to know. Y'all deserve to go. Y'all y'all need to treat yourself to a Stephanie Mills album, child. Let me tell y'all some Stephanie Mills records, okay? All right, so yeah, so I I really hope she decides to decides to do that. Uh, uh, just because I love her story, Stephanie has a wonderful story. So I hope she decides to share that and uh, tell it one day through the um, through the thing of uh, of unsung. So I would really like to hear see her do that. All right, so I did want to hit that up about verses, okay? So when I come back, we're going to talk about Kyle Rittenhouse. I hope I'm saying that name right. The politics of an L. We're going to talk about uh, Will Smith in the damn news again. Will Smith, <laughs> Will Smith in his damn book. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, let's see, we got a lot to uh we got a lot to talk about, so we'll talk about, we'll hit up more of that. Oh, and I'm going to talk about Maxwell, my thoughts about Maxwell's new song, Off. I'll let y'all hear a little bit of it. I'm sure I'll be playing it in the coming weeks, but I'm going to have to be honest. Y'all know I'm always honest, even about my faith. Oh, God, what am I going to say? Do you guys want to know? <laughs> we'll save it. You guys will see. Okay. So we got to talk about that. I'm going to talk about that and more when I get back. Meanwhile, let's go into um, some music. I don't think I played this one for you guys last week. Uh, did I have that? Uh, it was the song I wanted to play for you guys that I really like. Uh, is, it, is it up? 
okay. Y'all know how slow I am about music, okay? Y'all know how I be doing out in these streets. Um, well, I don't see it here. All right, so um, I'll just start off with uh, something real quick. And if I find this song I wanted to play for you guys, I'll, I'll, I'll play it. But let's start off with the uh, Kim Lie to Me. It's the CC Show. I'll be back in a moment, y'all, okay?
The jury, which was made up of seven women and five men, deliberated for three and a half days and heard from more than 30 witnesses over two weeks of testimony. The team's attorney, Mark Richards, described how Rittenhouse felt leaving the courthouse, a huge sense of relief. He wished none of this would have happened. He is thankful the jury got to hear the real story, the true story. On August 25, 2020, Rittenhouse, who was 17 at the time, went to Kenosha during a protest that erupted after police shot and wounded Jacob Blake. He testified that he intended to help protect local businesses mm-hmm. and provide first aid. On with the AR-15 style rifle, Rittenhouse ended up in, a, in the midst of a crowd and shot three men, killing Joseph Rosenbaum, Anthony Huber, and wounding Gag Gross Kruitz. In a statement, Herbert's family said they were heartbroken and angry over the verdict. Today's verdict means there is no accountability for the person who murdered our son. It sends an unacceptable message that armed civilians can show up in any town, incite violence, and then use the danger they have created to justify shooting people in the street, they said, okay? At the trial, Rittenhouse and his attorney said he only fired in self-defense while the prosecution painted him him has the aggressor. In this case, the burden of proof fell on the prosecutors to prove the shooting was not justified. And let me just say right up, I remember listening to some of the trial, and the prosecutor was horrible. He he didn't even sound like he really wanted to win the case, okay? So I could see why a jury would come to their conclusion, because the prosecutor wouldn't, didn't seem like he was shit, okay? It wasn't just the judge was bad in the uh, in the case, but the prosecutor who took on the case, I don't know if they really wanted to prosecute this guy. And let me just say this. I am for people having their gun rights. I'm not against gun laws, okay? I believe that's the problem with a lot of these criminals out here. Criminals got advantage now because people don't have enough, enough citizens are not armed. So I don't have no problem with gun things, but I do believe this young man, this is my personal opinion, that this young man went there for trouble. I don't believe he went to administer no damn first aid or anything like that. I think he took his little ass trying to be little boy cop, and it was some people there that wasn't playing with his little young ass. And when he was probably getting his ass kicked, then he started shooting people, okay, or whatever, okay. And it's hard uh, to prosecute in that situation, uh, but I do believe. See, life life is a funny thing. You know, you ain't got to worry. Sometimes life get people. So, you know, that young man know what he went down there for, and I believe he was looking for trouble. That's my personal opinion. I mean, he say one thing, but there's no way of really knowing what he was really there for, his, his true motive. So I can, while I hate the verdict, I understand how they came to that conclusion. Okay, and plus they had a prosecutor there that wasn't shit. Okay, so I get, I do understand where, how this situation ends up in the way it ends up, okay? And uh, how unfortunate, it's unfortunate, but it's uh, also we can't, it's just it's hard to know somebody's motives. But even though I feel like his motives, in my personal opinion, he wasn't there to protect no businesses. But, you know, I digress, okay? Uh, what was we said we were going to talk about Will Smith? Did I say Will Smith? See, because I, y'all, I done lost my... You know, I, what I had, my show up, uh, I don't know where my document <laughs> so, so let's go with Will Smith. Okay, let's go. We'll, we'll talk about that first, okay? Uh, Will Smith borrowing money from drug dealers. <laughs> okay, let's say Will Smith, this book, y'all going to tell me the whole damn book before I get to read it. Shit. 
<laughs> Will Smith said he borrowed $10,000 from a drug dealer after he went broke for not paying taxes, okay? Uh, I guess he was having a conversation with Idrisel, but Will Smith shared his past financial trouble during a Thursday book tour appearance in London. Smith said he once borrowed $10,000 from a friend who was a drug dealer after going broke from tax debt. Smith said he sold everything and moved to Los Angeles after receiving the money. Will Smith recently shared at the beginning of his career he borrowed 10000 from a drug dealer when he became broke after uh, failing to pay his tax debt in the early 80s. I'm not sure what the government is like with taxes in the U.K., but in the U.S. they take it seriously. Smith told the audience, according to a video captured by Metro, so Uncle Sam wanted his money. I didn't forget. I just didn't pay, he continued. Now, for those of you who don't know, um, most movie stars and a lot of celebrities and stuff, when they get these checks, <laughs> a lot of times, most of the time I don't think they take taxes, right? So it's up to their accountants and everything, or people, to make sure they pay their taxes, right? So you can see how it can be very tricky. All right, it said, he said, I had to sell everything I knew, whatever my life was going to be. I could feel it was going to be in Los Angeles, he said. So I borrowed 10000 from a friend of mine who was a purveyor of neighborhood pharmaceuticals. <laughs> he continued as the audience laughed. What's his name? Stringer Bell Elbert responded, referencing the infamous character he played on HBO's The Wire. The King Richard star almost declared bankruptcy, but he would move uh, to Los Angeles and go on to win the lead role in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. According to Will Smith, a biography, the IRS garnished uh, 70% of his salary over the first three seasons of the show. Damn. Jeez. Smith ended the night by performing a melody of his uh, uh, of hits alongside freaking collaborator Jeff, uh, Jazzy Jeff and Coon, brand new funk, Swiss, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Summertime. Okay, you know, he been on this book tour. Shit. <laughs> Will's been out here telling all his shit. <laughs> you gotta, I keep saying you gotta love the Smiths. No matter how crazy they asses are, you know, they be putting it out here. I said, it is what it is. I mean, it is what it is with they asses, okay? It is. I've already said this, all right? Should I get on with the Maxwell thing right now? Oh, God. Last week I was going off about Maxwell. I was going to save it for later on in the show, but shit, I might as well tell it now. Because this might be a short show tonight because I lost what I was going to talk about. So let's talk about Maxwell and the song Off. This is Maxwell's new song. Now, I was talking shit last week, talking about Maxwell, he talking about he going to have this new album come out, and, and we been, he, you know how he talks shit. He talks a lot of shit. He say, oh, well, I was like, we, we getting ready. He been saying we getting ready to have Night come out since 2016. <laughs> Finally, a glimmer of hope shot through <laughs> this week. <sighs> Uh, maybe because he got the Legends Award at Soul Trade. Shit, congratulations to Maxwell. He got the Legends Award. You know, it was weird. He went to the he went to the award show with a beard, but in the I guess he shaved his award his beard off. Which is, I'm like Maxwell, don't shave the beard off. But he shaved the beard off in the middle of I guess I don't know if it's the middle of the show because I saw pictures from the show of him getting the award, and he was clean faced. I was like, what the hell? But but I think he did it during the uh, like during the show or something. I, he performed or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So I saw only pictures, you know, because you don't get to see Soul Train Awards until next week. Even though it's so stupid as shit, they record them a week ahead of time. I'm just, this is dumb. I like my stuff in live time, shit. But anyway, it looked like it was a good time. All right. So 
was that a Prada handbag you had, my Maxwell? He had like the man's Prada bag or whatever. It looked like a Prada, but it was nice. He looked nice when he was coming going in. Okay, um, on the red carpet. Okay, so let's talk about off. I tried to find this clip I saw a long time ago from New Edition. <laughs> uh, behind New Edition's behind the music, but I couldn't find it, and. It's where Johnny Gill is having a discussion. You know, when they get on the out, this, and trust me, I'm going somewhere here. Y'all like, Carlotta, where are you going? You're talking about New Edition, and we, we get ready to talk about Maxwell's song. Oh, I, trust me, I'm going somewhere here. Okay, but there's this time in the in the show and behind the music that Johnny Gill and the rest of New Edition talk about when they get, they got on Bad Boy Records, right? And on Bad Boy Records, I, rem, I remember this when they were on Bad Boy Records. And they, he was saying they had a song, I think it was a song that came out. I don't know if it's that Hot Tonight song, Hot Tonight, because we're going to get hot tonight. Give me your name and your number, because we're going to get hot. So it was something. But I remember me and my girlfriends hearing it and us laughing our asses off, because at the time we probably had to be in our mid-30s. And we were like, what the fuck are they talking about? They young as This shit sound young as fuck. Like, who are they talking to, 22-year-olds? We, I remember us laughing about it. Right, just amongst ourselves laughing about when we heard the New Edition album and that song was released. Well, Johnny Gill and the rest of New Edition speak on that era. And one of the funniest things, I think, and don't quote me, but I remember Johnny Gill saying <laughs> about them getting that song and about the whole Bad Boy era. Johnny Gill says one of the funniest shit I've ever heard. He says, he says about, I think it was hot tonight, he says, man. He said, dog, we grown-ass men. <laughs> and I laughed because I was like, Johnny seen too. Johnny saw that song was too damn young for their asses to be singing. <laughs> Give me your name and your number. You Because know, when you in your mid-30s, you pass. I mean, you asking for a name and number, but you do it in a more, in a more, in a, in a, in a, in a different way. I remember that behind the music, Johnny, Johnny Gill's face. He's like, we grown-ass men, dog. <laughs> I loved it because it was like one of the most honest moments <laughs> in the show. And we and my friends thought the same thing, which brings me to Maxwell's Off. Is this the first single from Night? Is this the first single from Night? Now, listen, Maxwell had been playing introductions to the song and the beat sounded like it's gonna be bad. You're like, oh shit, okay, wait a minute, this shit might be really good, okay, right? But then I got to hear the song, and I've listened. I've listened to the song a lot because you know Maxwell's my favorite. I love me some Maxwell. Y'all know I be crushing on Maxwell. Ma- Maxwell is my man crush. I I love me some Maxwell. I've loved Maxwell since. I first saw him on the Now tour when he came out there. On the, I was like, "What?" My heart dropped. I was like, "This? Who is this? This is a beautiful man, <laughs> right?" But not only I liked his, I love his music. So I, tr- I was trying to give it a chance. I, I was listening to it a lot. Like you know, okay, let me give this shit a chance because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to come for him when I, you know. And when I kept listening to hear the song, all I kept hearing was Johnny Gill saying, "We grown ass men, dog." Maxwell, you a grown ass man, dog. What they got you singing about shooting shots and shit? <laughs> oh my god! I, listen, I didn't put the song on the thing to play this week, but I am gonna play a little bit of it y'all so y'all can hear. Y'all like Carlotta? Wait a bit. 
I, Carla, you not about to go in on that. Yes, I am. So just because you're my favorite, don't me. Congratulations on the Soul Train Legend Award. He definitely deserves that. But this at this first release of this song, I said I was gonna talk my shit. If I didn't think it was that great, it's time for me to, you know, talk my shit. Oh God, let me play. I, can we? Can we? Hopefully the sound comes through. Y'all can hear a little bit of it. Oh Lord. Okay. Let's see. We got. We got to. I'm gonna play a little bit of it. I don't have it on my in my in my audio, so I'm gonna play a little bit of it from the internet. Okay. Y'all, so y'all can hear what I'm talking about. You grown ass man, dog. Okay. Uh, let me let me play a little bit. It's a week. Let's see. Do we have the song? I know it's on here somewhere. Yes. Okay. Let's listen. Maxwell, I threw my shoes at that verse. When you, when you said pull down a shade, is that what he said? Pull down a shade, let's drink lemonade. I, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, let, did Hyde did help you with this? Who did this? Who talking about I'm trying to shoot my shot? I heard, wait a minute, bro. Well, let me just say this. Let me stop before I go off. I did hear a lot of confunction in that part, that, that chorus part. The all and all that stuff. That was a lot of confunction. I heard a lot. It's like that bridge part was sound very confunctiony. I, I got that. I heard that. That was the the beat is fire. Okay, the beat. I don't know who came up with the sound because you you hearing the sound. You're like, oh shit, this got to be a hit. This got to be. You hearing? The, it's like Alicia Keys out, right? When I first heard Alicia Keys album, he got the Alicia Keys syndrome. <laughs> when if I almost hit. When Alicia, when you, when you, like, when I, when I heard Alicia, a lot of Alicia songs, I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be the one. This is going to be the one right here. And then it kept hitting the dud. He was like, oh. You know when the words don't kind of go with the song? And I'm a huge lyrics person. So I was sort of like, what the fuck is going on here? What is he talking about? Uh, I'm in the zone. <laughs> the beginning is hilarious. Uh, but, but, you know, I think a lot of people like it because, yo, y'all Maxwell fans like it. I, I'm a big Maxwell fan, but I don't like it. I'm going to be honest. I mean, I've listened to it several times. I'm in the zone. Uh, 
What is he saying? I don't even know what he's singing about. Is he singing about having sex? I mean, is it, I'm in the zone. Am I alone? Decisions like this can't be made alone. I'm trying to think, can I come through and see? I'm shooting all my shots. I won't miss them. And if I hit that spot, and then we'll be on a mission to go off. You know, like the little kids say, go off. You know, they be like, go off then. Is that what you're saying? Like, you're going to go off in the bedroom? <laughs> I don't know. Listen, listen, I ain't trying to be funny. And I ain't trying. I didn't want to give this, you know, because you never know who's listening to the show. So I, I, I wanted to save it to after he won the Soul Train Award, you know, shit. I, but I, I, let me just say this, okay? You, you're a grown-ass man, dog. Who got you singing about shooting shots? And I'm in the zone, and and and, <laughs> and let's <laughs> let's sit in the sh- what is it? Pull down the shade, let's drink lemonade, or is it? Pull, what is it saying? <laughs> let's see. He like people like Carlotta stopped. I thought Maxwell was your favorite, right? He is. That's listen, listen. We show love in different ways. I show love to my people. My people tell me the truth. I tell them the truth. Keep, Call out that shit, what you was talking about this week, this now. Girl, your shit was boring this week. Okay, whatever. Okay, I respect that. Okay. I, I hope he respects, if this ever gets back to Maxwell, I hope he he respects me telling him the fucking truth. You a grown-ass man, dog. Why I got you thinking about shooting your shot and, <laughs> and what else is he? Hey, he's shooting his shot and he going to go off. No, no, no. No, Maxwell is not. This is not the dude who gave me pretty wings. Is this the dude that gave me, uh, what's the song? What's the, what's, what, till the crops come knocking? Hell no. That is not. This is not the, what is going on, Maxwell? Are we like, are we not inspired right now? In this, 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 this? I, I'm trying to figure it out because this sounds very youthful. And I know you got a youthful vibe, but this shit sounds like, you know, like Johnny Gill said, you're a grown-ass me. It's sounding kiddish. It's sounding like you trying to hit the kids with a bunch of the cl- <laughs> the little, the, the little kid words, you know what I'm saying? Like the little kid, like I'm trying to shoot my shot and I'm in the zone and I, the, 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 in the, when it started off, I knew I was, it was going to go bad. Because when he said, I'm in the zone, I was like, oh, no. I just knew. I just. I just knew. I. I know. I got a good ear, so I was like, "Oh no," because the beat is there. Everything. <sighs> is this the shit you giving BMG? Sony said, "Fuck." What is it? Sony Columbia. They said, "Fuck that." You ain't giving us that shit. <laughs> That's what happened, but I'm just assuming, I'm making assumptions right now. <laughs> Maxwell, you get away with a lot of stuff because people love you, and people are going to be like, you know, that is dope. This isn't one of those songs that I think in 10 years I'm going to be like, damn, now I get it. No. I mean, like like, like we were about, uh, what's the second one? Embryo. Embryo is, it was a genius of an album, even though I thought it was coming from a certain place, but it's still a genius of an album. This right here, I don't know. Like, it feels like, <clears throat> it feels very, um, yeah, 
like New Edition talking about give me your name and your number in their mid thirties because we're gonna get hot tonight. <laughs> I expect more from Maxwell. I'm sorry, I do. The genius of Maxwell cannot be give, come down to I'm in the zone and can we go off. Seriously, the dude who remade, uh, remade <clears throat> this woman's work, who, who did a fortunate, R. Kelly's fortunate in such a brilliant way, the guy who gives us gave us Urban Hainsweet, Pretty Wings, Bad Habit. I just cannot believe he's about to give me this. I'm in the zone bullshit. I'm in the zone. No, no, damn it! I am not going to accept this, Maxwell. I'm sorry. I don't like it, and I listened to it a lot of times. I did. I see. I was trying to like it. I was like in the car. I was singing to her. I'm in the zone. <laughs> Keisha, it's funny. Like, quit bullshitting, Keisha. Carlotta, Keisha, whatever shit. Listen, no, no, no. That's what I do with my friends. We crack on each other when we really, we, when we let, in love, we we let each other know. Like, that, you know, you look like you look like damn fool. We do that. <clears throat> this song is not it. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be pushed. Uh, and I hate to say this, if this is the first single, because usually the first single is indicative of what's on the album. So I'm wondering if this, this, if this is the first single they could pull out. I'm like, are they struggling to find something? What the fuck have you done? I did, and let me tell you, let me say the good things. Okay, I've I've done a lot of. I meant to say the good things first. Shit, I messed up. Okay, let me go back. Rewind. Go back to the good things, okay? The good thing is the beat. The beat is so fire. When I first heard the beat, I was like, yes, that beat sounds great. And I hear those little almost ones like that confunction sound in the middle of it, shit, yes. But I just don't like what we're saying. I mean, you know, because I feel like the Maxwell imaging Yes, Maxwell's always the cool kid, right? You know what I'm saying? Even in all his music, he kind of has those little sayings and little things like that, you know. And there's a part in the song, I didn't play the Coco, who was the Coco? <laughs> the Coco Butter Thoughts. <laughs> but Maxwell always has stuff like that in there. But it feels like it's not forced. In this song, I feel like it's a lot of forced shit. Like, it's just, it's just like we're trying to put words where they don't belong, and we're using very youthful vibes. Like it's like it's very like like we're talking to twenty year olds and shit. You you know he's fine like that. He may be out here talking to twenty year olds and shit. You know, hey nineteen, like still he did. No, we can't talk at all. Remember, hey nineteen? Oh, that's my shit. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So I don't know. He might be out here. Got the young, you know the young girls like they they going you know they he's a he's a he's a daddy. So he can get him young, 20-some years old, 30 years old, and stuff like that. So maybe he have not messed with his thing. You know, he's trying to be, he, he out here trying to be. But these all these mature, sexy chicks like me is going like, what? Huh? <laughs> I'm in the zone. Oh. Did he say, let's pull down the shade, let's drink lemonade? I was good. I, said, I almost threw something that. I think I almost took out my shoe and threw it and said, you need to stop this shit. 
Listen, okay, I'm going to quit laughing. Seriously, though, Maxwell. Great, great energy. You, tr- we, you <laughs> here, I'm going to just tell the truth. Okay, let's just tell the truth. I hate this. He like sometimes you shouldn't tell the truth. You know, sometimes like like my mother be telling me like Carlotta, you just sometimes so damn harsh. Keisha Carlotta, you sometimes so damn harsh with your word. I know, I could be cutting. Especially when I'm on a roll. When I'm on a roll <laughs> And people get and you know, some of my friends can be cutting towards me, even though I be getting hurt, I get it. I like when you kinda straight up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, if, especially if you joke with me about it, you know what's up. But I'm gonna have to tell the truth here. It feels like Maxwell needs something very different, and it feels like that he has had this comfortability. I mean, because we're gonna be honest here. If we're gonna be honest, if I'm gonna be honest, Lake by the Ocean album was okay. I've never said. <laughs> I never really said. Black Summers, Summers was all right. I'm going to just be honest. You know, we let Maxwell get a lot away with a lot of shit because we really love Maxwell. And some of those songs on Summers grew. But I could tell that he had wrote some of them songs years ago. You just could kind of tell. And he said he did. I can kind of fucking tell that shit. Okay? But listen, I felt 1990X did not get it just due. Now, 1990X is one of those beautiful, beautiful Beautiful songs, very well written. I, I love it. The words, everything. It's, it's a, it's a. I just can't believe the dude who wrote 1990, the dude who wrote 1990X wrote this. I mean, <laughs> wrote this, this, this alpha. <laughs> I'm not laughing at y'all. Yes, I am. Listen, okay. Here's the deal. I feel like you need something different, and I, I really feel like. You might need to meet me, go outside of y'all space. Y'all has a band, the hot space, the your space, and meet with other producers. I don't know if other producers are on night, but if after this album, I really feel you need to find, be more out there. And even with the growing of the Afro, Maxwell, you really didn't need to, even though Maxwell is beautiful either way, he didn't really need to grow the Afro back out. But the fact that he has now, I really feel like you even, even that look, you have to find someone who understands how to mature that out. Because you can still wear an Afro in your late 40s and stuff like that and rock it and look good and stuff like that. But you really got to have a person, a stylist and stuff who understands you and your look. And that's why I said the beard for Maxwell. There was there was a point in Maxwell. There's this picture of Maxwell where he has this, uh, it's from his youth, but he has this black opal uh, outfit on. He has these beautiful braids that fall back. They, they're like several braids. I don't know. It's, it's not the fall. It's not the uh, French braid just going straight back. But he has he had these like these beautiful long kind of braids and stuff like that. I feel like that. I love that look with maybe a more mature look, like a beard or something that makes you look more old. Because I feel like when I see Maxwell now, even when I saw the Soul Train pictures, and this is, you know, I don't want to dampen 
the beautiful moment of you winning Legend of the Year award. But I felt like this was, I feel like when I watch this next week, am I going to see a mid, you know, because I'm going through midlife crisis. You know, I'll be doing that shit. I'll be sometimes dressing. I'll be trying to figure my way, you know. Like, am I dressing too young? Because I still like to be sexy and stuff like that. You know, shit. So sometimes I might go too young. I get it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm I'm always going to be youthful and stuff like that. I'm always going to try something. But, you know, sometimes, you know, you might try outfit and you go, shit, that shit's too young. Right? It looks like I'm going through a midlife crisis. I, 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 I don't know what's going on with Maxwell. Are we going through that? Has, like, a growing age of a band or something? Because I feel like for Maxwell at this age where he's at, I should not be getting from him this kind of energy where I'm going, you're a grown-ass man, dog. <laughs> this new addition energy. Give me your name and your number because <laughs> I'm going to get hot tonight. I, I feel like I shouldn't be getting that. And especially from one of the greatest R&B singers of all time. That should not be happening. I mean, they're real, they're real, and, 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 you know, everybody goes through their space where we need others to come in and help us. And I just feel, and hopefully BMG, or where's that who we are now, and the Muse label, they decide on the album after the trilogy. I don't know. I'm hoping that the rest of the night is good, but usually first singles say a lot. Okay, so uh, maybe they picked the wrong first single. I don't know. That could be very. That could be true. You know, they could. Because I, I I felt they picked the wrong first single on Lake on the album with Lake by the Ocean on Summers. I don't think Lake by the Ocean should be the first thing. I thought 1998 should be. They made a mistake, and then they should have went with Lake by the Ocean. I mean, no, no, it was 1998 on that one. Oh, shit, I'm getting mixed up. Which one was 1990 Exxon? Shit, I forgot. I can, are they all merging now together? Shit, you doing so far apart, I can't tell which is which. I think 1990X was on the Lake by the Ocean. I felt 1990 X should have led off because that was a dope-ass song. But it got lost after Lake by the Ocean. Like, I, I know they picked Lake by the Ocean because it's got that... I didn't like that one. It was okay. I know a lot of people like that Lake by the Ocean, but 1990X would have set that shit off. And I think it would have released, it would have been more singles on that album because there's a couple more singles that could have been possibly on that album, but they just started off with the wrong release because they, they went with the big chorus and all that. <clears throat> yeah, and I feel like 1990X got lost in all that. However, I, I, maybe there's a 1990X creeping on this one. You know what I'm saying, and we're uh, <laughs> and we and somebody decided to pick off. It's just that off is not going to get it, Maxwell. Off is, and maybe your fans are like, I don't know, I don't know. A lot of people are lie to you and say they like it. I ain't gonna lie. It sounds very young for you. It sounds over the top. Can we go off and all this? It seems like you're using a lot of young people's lingo. Lingo is that the right word? Lingo. And, you know, I use it too, but it sounds like you're using it off kilter. You know, like, and drinking lemonade in the shade. <laughs> I just don't like off, okay? It is what it is. Shit, I just say what I got to say there. Man, I'm sad to have said this. I'm sad to. But let me tell you what I do like, okay? Maxwell has announced the tour for 2022. He's going to need the tour with that song, okay? <laughs> Trust me, you're going to need every bit of that tour. <laughs> <laughs> that is indicative of night. Uh, he's announced a tour, and he's picked the right people finally. Because I feel like the last few years, 
I feel like the best person Maxwell so far that I've known, you know, that I've been watching Maxwell in the last few years, going tour with Mary J was a great choice, and I love Raphael Sadiq when I saw him open up for Maxwell in um, in in Vegas. I feel like that's Maxwell's crew, and so I feel like Maxwell has picked the right people to go on tour with this time. Anthony Hamilton and Joe, that is a fucking show. We will come to, I'm going to go, I'm going to try to, I, listen, I'm going to come back. That, that, yes, great choices, Maxwell, great people to anchor you with this. If this office is going to be what night's going to be, you're going to need Anthony and you're going to need Joe. <laughs> Shit, I'm going to tell you the truth. So this is, that's a great idea for a concert. I love it. That's what's going to be coming. They're going to do the night tour. I love, love it. It's all, it's all sexy, sexy men vibes, okay? It's, that's a female concert of every woman. You know what I'm saying? Joe, Anthony Hamilton, and Maxwell, oh, yeah, that's going to be good, okay? Lots of girl, lots of sexy vibes, ladies, okay? So I love, love, love this tour, this idea of a tour, this was smart. Who put this tour together? I don't know. But smart as fuck, okay, because he's going to need the anchor of those two. And I love it, okay. It's not Joe and Anthony Hamilton are going to put on a show, and they're going to prepare the audience for you, Maxwell. Now, the thing is, if we're going to be singing uh, Roll Down the Shades and Drinking Lemonade and stuff, you're you going to need their preparation. <laughs> Thank God you got pretty wings. and <laughs> What's the other stuff? And uh, 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 matrimony, and, and you got Urban Haynes, sweet. You got Now album. You got you got Black, <laughs> and so and so, a couple of songs from Summer to help you through this. Because if this is what night is going to be, I am going to say that <laughs> I'm not going to say nothing. You know, I just ain't going to say nothing. If this is what night, I don't know, and, and maybe I'm wrong. Night may, night may have more bangers. Okay, maybe no. Night may have a banger. We just didn't hear it. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm done. So you guys look forward to that tour that's coming up. I think that's going to be a great tour. It's going to start in March here in Dallas, here in the Dallas area, DFW area. It's going to be in Grand Prairie. Start March the second. I think it's going to be a great show. Uh, they're gonna go, uh, and I think they're gonna they're gonna go to several cities. Okay, so yes, okay, and you know what, man, uh, you, everybody, I love Maxwell in concerts, so y'all know that already. All right, so I feel that's you know that's gonna be a great vibe, and the pick, people he picked, great choices. All right, all right, so what else I need y'all to? <laughs> Y'all like Carlotta, is that how you gonna go for your fave? Yes, it, you know, you gotta tell people the truth. I mean, you know, you can't be out here lying. You can't be out here saying a song is good when you don't think it's good. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I just I don't believe in it. I I mean, you know, if I was Maxwell's personal friend and he played that to me, I would have been like Oh Um, can we talk about the words? <laughs> That's what I want to say. Can we talk about the words? What are you saying about? What is exactly going on here? <laughs> you 
grown ass man, dog. That's what I would have said. I would pay Johnny Gill for it and say, You grown ass man. You don't need to do that. It's not working. Okay. Uh, let's see. What did I want to talk to y'all about? Let's talk about this chick who was urinating on people. I did. You know, listen, the world is losing its mind. It's just becoming a rough world out here. It's just a lot of shit's happening in Scorpio season. You know, we I understand that we got that dark vibe. I understand how Scorpios we do. But it's been some dark shit really happening this season. I mean, I'm like, what in the hell has been going on here? According to Metro.co.uk, uh, it says, Band addresses shocking moment lead singer urinates on fans' face during gig. That's not something the rest of us expected. Now, I heard that this chick does this a lot, but I don't know, in, in private or whatever. Listen, some chick decided to, while she's at a con- in concert, she's the lead singer of a band, pull down her pants and piss. On stage in somebody's mouth and face. I mean, yeah, right, Kelly, all up in this bitch. Right, right Kelly, you made great couple. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> but let's see. This article says the shocking scenes were captured uh, at Welcome to Rockville Festival in Daytona, in which the group, who is known for playing metal covers of bands including Smashing Pumpkins, The System of a Dime, were on stage performing Rage Against the Machine banger. Wake up to a packed crowd. After telling fans she needed to use the bathroom but wasn't able to to sing her, Sophia Unista was seen pulling down her trousers and squatting over a man who was lying on stage. Now, I want to know who the dumbass was lying on stage in the middle of COVID, bitch, taking, a, taking some piss, somebody's piss. Just nasty asses out here. According to report, Unista was... Uh, was earlier her saying, get my man with the can on his head ready because we're going to bring him on stage, and I'm going to piss in this motherfucker's mouth. Oh, Lord. She reportedly added, I got to pee, and I can't make it to the bathroom, so we might as well make a show out of it. In the videos uploaded to social media, Yanissa pulled down her trousers and continued on singing while she squatted over the man and proceeded to pee in his face with the band playing like normal, and people in the crowd voiced their shock at what they were uh, witnessing, with one person heard saying, oh, my God, has others cheered. Jeez. This is, let me just stop. See, see, this is why, see, this is, see, thank you, God, for grace and mercy. Again, this is why they're, you know, I, every day, sometimes I be thinking, I'm, I be thinking like Thanos. I'll be like, Where, can I have the rings? Like, this was a moment I've been like, can you give me all the rings? I need them now. What the fuck? Like, what kind of show is that? Bitch, I don't want to see you pissing somebody's face. Like, just save your golden shower for your private moment. Call him backstage afterwards and have a little whatever. Go to the hotel. But this is not entertaining to your fans to see you piss. And somebody's like, nobody wants to see that. What kind of nasty shit is she on? And she got a lot of publicity for this shit. It's nasty, 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 nasty. And in the middle of, of we just now lose getting out of, from under the pandemic, and this helper decides to piss in somebody's face on stage. I mean, shit. You know, so wonder we ain't got worse stuff going on. Just nasty. It's disgusting. And I, you know what? I accidentally saw it because 
people were, uh, you know, people were playing. I was like, what happened? You know, I looked, I was like, oh, no. I was traumatized. I can imagine the people at the concert was traumatized, too. I mean, geez, I would have been like, this, that. I sued her just for my eye game. No, sue, lawsuit. I'm traumatized by what I just witnessed. <laughs> just nasty. Can we talk about Danny Lee? Oh, Lord. Danny Lee. What's the song? Light skin. What's the song she had? He want the red bone. He want the red bone. Like you know, she was she was upping up her light skin privilege. She like she got light skin privilege. You know what I'm saying? A lot of these bitches. Let me just say something. He want the red bone. She was kind of trying to say slick shit. She was colorist on the low. Play slick shit about, I guess, the baby's other baby mamas when she made that son. But the problem was, you, you, he ended up treating you way worse. So, so much for your light skin privilege. And if you wanna, let me just say something, girls. Let me, I know out here the bodies is getting done and the bodies be looking good. Shit, I'll be like, shit, I need a little surgery. Shit, get some shit done. I mean, these these bodies and stuff be looking good out here. I know a lot of you heifers. Is really putting your stake on your outer appearance, appearance. And you know, I like to look good too. Okay, I love taking pictures. I like to look good, all that. Okay, and I'm older, but you gotta know something that your looks ain't the only thing that keep. Well, somebody, if, if listen, your looks can take you a long way. And I'm not. And it's not about being light, dark, or whatever. But that ain't the only thing. Looks only go so far. Who give a fuck with you red bone? That don't give you no prim- I mean, listen, you know what I'm saying? I mean, she's a, that was a dumbass to say this, but this is one of them type of chicks that's been told she's real pretty out her whole life. I get it. And then she starts to believe that that, that is all you need. I know that's a lot of you girls nowadays. You just sit, you work constantly on the outside, and you don't get a chance to work on the inside. And, and, and let me tell you, I'll just talk to you about my own experience, okay? I felt like, you know, I was, I felt like the people, a lot of people thought, you know, hey, Cron's cute, okay? And so I grew up with that, I, you know, some people thinking you're cute and everything like that. But there was, you know, I gained a lot of weight. It was like around my, my like, mid-20s, 27, 28 or whatever. And in some senses, I was very glad about this, and I'm going to tell you why. Because it really put some humility in me in order to understand that, and and it wasn't that I didn't understand it before, but there was a really sense of understanding that your looks are not the only thing. My my grandmother was very good at that. You know, you, you you have to have something else. You need to have some brains. You need to have some smarts. You need to be able to hold a conversation. You need to be able to understand some things of the world. You need to be able to develop your own mindset, opinions, and ideas. That don't mean you're a perfect person, but that you have some sense of an inner uh, inner guidance, and that it don't all be about this 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 dirt you made out of. Because that's what we are. We dirt. So yes, look beautiful. 
love you, love looking beautiful, but understand that you really have to honor your spirit man and getting your mindset together. And listen, it wasn't nothing like weight gain that helped me to understand that. More so. I mean, I understood it before, but I really understood how important it was because, you know, to get your inner mind right. And now I'm trying to work on the outside. Now I'm trying to work back down, you know, and have the whole mind, body, and soul. But it's important to work on all aspects of yourself. A lot of you young girls out here just think you only work on your outer appearance. But that all fades away. You get old and all that kind of shit. You get older, everything. I mean, seriously. And you gotta have you gotta have more than that. Life is about the spirit man as well as the outer man and the outer uh, the outer man. Everything working together, and you just can't have an imbalance. And I feel like Danny Lee had that a little bit. Okay, uh, let's talk about her this week. They may be assaulted by Danny Lee twice, according to the cops. This is according to TMZ. It says, it's now clear why the baby was recording Danny Lee. While they argue, cops who responded to his home say she assaulted him on Sunday and then again on Monday morning. Charlotte Mecklenburg uh, Police Department says Danny Lee was charged with two counts of simple assault after our officers made two visits to the rapper's home. The first came on Sunday night after the baby had gone live on IG showing Danny Lee as she was feeding their three-month-old child. Cops say the baby accused the singer of striking him, but police left without an arrest. Uh, that changed, though, when they went back to the house on Monday around 8.30 a.m., responding to the baby's second claim of domestic abuse. This time, cops say their instiga- uh, investigation found enough evidence to cite her for two misdemeanor assaults, one for Monday and Sunday's alleged incidents. During Sunday night incident, the baby says, I got to record you for my safety. You ain't fitting to bring this black, uh, this black man down. You know, please. Uh, it would appear uh, it would appear the alleged assault had already happened and the baby was recording Dan Lee out of fear she might claim he had hit her. On Monday, he posted a video seemingly accusing her of using their baby for Internet clout. He never mentioned anything about her allegedly hitting him. He did, however, vow to take care of the child, despite all the drama between Danny Lee and himself. Okay, let me stop this. Let me just say something, girls, okay? You know, she's doing light skin, red bone, and all that, all that shit. She's <laughs> he treating her worse than anything, okay? He treating her like shit. I mean... And what people said that Danny Lee had more of a career before he came along, I don't know, I never heard of her before. But listen, here's the thing. This is why you've got to be careful of letting people take you off your game, okay? See, Danny Lee, she had a career, everything, had her a house or whatever it was. I don't know what done happened. But and she wasn't, she didn't have a baby. Now, babies are a blessing. I always say that, okay? It's always babies are a blessing. And babies, when they come in your life unexpectedly, hopefully it was unexpected, you know, for her she didn't plan this situation in the midst of chaos like this. But when they come in your life unexpectedly, my personal opinion is babies are meant to be a stabilizer for you, meant to be, hey, you need to get your shit together because you got another human being here who's looking up to you. And you can't be no damn fool no more. 
But it seems like Danny Lee is continued in the damn food syndrome. Okay, she went over there with the baby, stand up in the house. The baby don't even want her there. He calling the cops on her, going live, talking about she's a sad bitch and all this. He ain't even married talking about somebody's savage. Allegedly, it's just sad. It's the whole thing is sad. Women, when they show you who the fuck they are, believe them. Come on. Yeah. And try not to bring no babies in the world with somebody cause, with somebody who don't want you around. Because how they treat you affects the child. Yeah, he's saying, oh, I'm going to take care of the kid and all this stuff. But he's saying it detached. <sighs> Love on yourself enough. Love on your womb enough to say No. I ain't going to take anybody, and the baby is anybody. Shit. He got four or five baby mamas. Why would you risk? She had a, a career going for herself, uh, and then she did some dumb shit, that light-skinned, red-bone-ass son or whatever, thinking she was all that, and then here come the demise, okay, because she had her, her, her thing was in the wrong thing. She thinking that what was going to keep him was being light-skinned and her looks, and that shit, she find out. Listen, light-skinned, cute girls come a dime a dozen, honey. Dark-skinned girls, cute girls come a dime a dozen, especially to these rappers, all that shit. What you think you are comes a dime a dozen. You know how many cute chicks be at the concert? You know how many hoes be backstage and stuff like that these men see? So she was a dumbass from the beginning. Making the red bone song showed me she was a dumbass because she thought that was what was gonna keep him. He wants the red bone and all that. No, he, no, he, he's, he's, he is a collector of baby mamas. He got about four, five of. And why your dumbass who had a career and everything would choose to get pregnant and bring a baby into the world? A baby got to be in the middle of this bullshit chaos. You got a three month old up there. You feeding him talking shit, recording you, talking about, I'm recording you, you ain't about to bring me down, and you need to go, and all that. He's trying to throw me and his baby out at three months. Like the baby don't feel that energy coming off both you bitches. What a fucked up situation. Really? And this don't make the baby, the baby don't look good. But see, listen. Danny Lee has brought this shit on herself. And if I was her, I would have taken my ass out of his house. Even if you got to go and sit your ass in a shelter, wherever the fuck you got to go. Ain't no sense in you being up in there with somebody where you not want to. You said he's trying to kick, allegedly, you and the baby out. My ass would have been gone. Because you don't want no baby standing in no chaos. And find a way, and admit your ass is dumb as hell, and find a way to restore back some sense of dignity to your life. Don't, and she said on that, I think she said on one of the videos he was trying, she, he got the argument allegedly, I think, allegedly uh, occurred because she had a, one of the pregnant one of them things come to the house that like would stop you from having a baby or something like that because she said all he want to do is is I guess you know in her and everything. Listen, don't be no dumbass. 
If you know that's what he's doing, why the fuck you keep having sex with him? You the one that got a career at stake. You the one he trying to kick you out his house. You the one that needs that need to get your career on point. Ain't no way you sitting here letting a man, you a grown ass woman, letting a man do that shit to you, and then you gonna bring something. girl, bye. She, it just sound ridiculous. It sound the whole thing sound ridiculous. Like she's a helper. He just he he all he want to do is do this to me. Allegedly, this is what the argument was about. Are we serious here? If that's all he want to do with you, then you know what you you know he a baby mama maker. So why don't you say, you know what, shit, I don't need to be living here. I don't need no more babies. I done learned my fucking life. But you know what, she ain't, she, I bet she ain't going to learn her lesson. I bet this chick might, if she don't learn this lesson, you're going to end up pregnant by him again. And maybe that's what you want. Some chicks don't believe, you know, like the old folks say, some chicks don't believe fat meat's greasy. Till they, till they run into the fat meat on the bone. Ain't that some shit? So, girls, this is a lesson for you. You can learn a lot from Danny Lee. Pay attention to these certain guys when they come into your atmosphere and stuff. You know, you got to be like, I mean, they might be real fine. You may have a connection with them and everything like that. But you need to know about them. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Because some people will sell you an illusion. Fantasy is easier to keep than to deal with a real-ass relationship with somebody, okay? Because real-ass relationships require people getting to know each other. Sometimes what happens with some relationships, people like to keep you in the fantasy zone, and they don't really want to know the real you. And so a lot of you young ladies got to be careful when you meet them type of males, especially when they detach from the women. You know what I'm saying? They get with. You know, it's sort of like they like. I feel like futures like that. He just detaches. He he may have babies with him, but there's a detachment because he probably like he don't like the relationships. Relationships are hard ass work. He just want to keep people in a fantasy zone. You know, fuck you and then leave you and maybe leave you with a baby as a gift. Well, he think is a gift, but that could ruin your fucking life and the child's too. So have some respect for yourself and say, hey. This requires, what when you get in a relationship with me, it requires you getting to know me and me getting to know you. I think you're worth it for us to know each other. And then we decide on, every, on other things. But you girls got to stop giving out your womb to people who you don't even, like, you, don't, you have no clue. But you already see them coming. They got four and five baby mamas. They ain't shit. They got two of them, three of them. The baby mama's still hanging on. They all, the baby mama's is already arguing with you. You're like, oh, Lord. So you already know there's drama right there. He haven't set his situation straight. So sometimes you might need to back off somebody and let them grow the fuck up. But no, you girls don't like to do that, some of y'all. Not all you, but a lot of y'all. Y'all like to keep going, I mean, he he love me, I'm red bone with the good hair. And see, you know what she thought? That's what she thought her looks Or being red bone, which is dumb as fuck. He, 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 and it seems like, it, 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 it seems like he's, he's been treating her worse than any of them. Just dumb shit. This is sad. I hope for the, for the best for her and her baby. But she is a lesson for every chick out here to start understanding 
that you owe it to yourself to make somebody get to know you and you get to know them and don't give your womb out so easily. Don't give what's, don't cast your pearl before a swine. Don't cast your pearls before swine. Don't give what is sacred to the dogs. You know what I'm saying? Sniff it out. See what people look into people, these men's lives, before you, you know what I'm saying? Letting them talk about he can't, like she can't control. He just have, he just want to have sex with me. Just want to come with me. I don't give a fuck. No, you ain't just come. Listen, that is. I, I, here I'm about to go on another subject, but sex is spiritual. Okay, I get you know you know people. Sex is such a spiritual thing. You can have sex with someone without even contacting them. I mean, just sex. You, have you ever? People have telepathic. People have astral. It's, sex is a very spiritual thing. It's more spiritual than it's physical. You can already have sex by, with somebody before you meet them, right? It, the physicality of the act is the manifestation of the act that you you've already done in your head. It's just really the manifestation into the physical world. But when you, before you have that manifestation in the physical world, understand that comes with a lot of things. And when you have sex with someone and you're passing on fluids and everything else, I've talked about this on the show several times, you can transfer spirits and shit. Y'all better be careful who y'all be fucking with out here. That's all I got to say, okay? It'll make you crazy. You be, see, now she getting arrested for assault, right? I say she got the spirit of the baby. Okay, I'm gonna just leave it at that. Now she got two assaults. And read his background about him being aggressive and stuff, and some of these uh, uh, things that have allegedly happened surrounding him. Now she's aggressive. She's, you know, what? and sometimes you don't even gotta have sex with a person. Sometimes it's just being around a person, being involved with somebody. People can make you change. I remember I had a situation when I was in my 20s, early 20s, and there was someone I was in in a relationship with. And I remember the preacher. I had never had this happen before. Me and my girlfriend, we was in church, and the preacher came up to me and said, be careful. That demon is about to call you, and that demon is going to come on you sevenfold. Now, I remember we laughed about it. I was like, what's she talking about demon is going to come on you sevenfold? What the fuck? I mean, I, I kind of was laughing about it. A couple months down the line, this person calls me. And I'm like, oh, wow, I really, you know, I really like him and everything like that. Get involved with him. Listen here. I am getting angry about stuff. I'm out of my zone, my element. I'm not a very being a very nice person. I'm always arguing. I'm suddenly taking on his energy. I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 this is what she's talking about. That, this is what that preacher was saying. That thing coming on me seven times because I have, was becoming more and more aggressive, more and more like him. And it, I was getting angry because he was dealing with other chicks, you know. So, so I was getting mad, you know. I was getting mad about it. Like, hey, 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 hey. Well, you, I don't understand. 
you know, getting anxious, and I didn't realize that spiritually he was messing with my energy. It wasn't really him. It was the demons that came with him that he didn't even know he was rolling with, okay? And those demons were on assignment to attack me. So that's why I'm just trying to tell you young ladies out here, look at how her life is falling. She was supposed she was supposed to be first on her way somewhere, supposed to have had a great career. And she gets involved with this mofo. Now, his energy done went up. Her energy, as she's out here now being accused of two assaults, staying in this house, staying in a house where you ain't wanted with a baby by him. Just think about it, think about it, think about it. That's why I say, ladies, pay close attention to what is around you, okay, and what wants you. That's all. That's all, okay? That's how we're going to leave that. <sighs> when we come back, I'm going to make it a short show tonight. I'm going to talk about a couple of more things. I'm talking about Beta O'Rourke trying to run for governor in Texas. Lord have mercy, help us know. <laughs> And we're going to talk about, uh, it was something else. I, I got to find, it was another story I wanted to talk about to y'all about. Uh, was it something on, let me look at it. Let me see if I can find it here. It was, it was a, it was an interesting story. I can't remember what the story was about. Um... Oh, we, I think we, am I going to talk about, I think I may talk about Kim Kardashian. Oh, Portia. Yes, we're going to talk about Portia when we get back. We're going to talk about Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson. And Portia telling this strange story about R. Kelly. It was a strange-ass story, okay? But I'm going to talk about it, okay, when I come back on the CC show. Meanwhile, we're going to take a little break here, and I will be back in a moment. Let's listen to New Edition, Once in a Lifetime Groove. It's Carlotta, y'all. It's late night, Sunday night, doing that late night show, all right? Be back in a moment.
say that you're not gonna make it That's two times in a row for you Feel so curving, it's overdue Lately you're testing my patience Baby, I think you must be mistaken I could find me somebody new But they won't compare the truth Girl, you got me Gacky, flossy You get underneath my skin And it drives me to no end Look it, I ain't worthy Looking at me, think you got me But if you're searching for more I tell you what you already know Say, baby, if you're looking for love Girl, so love a lady, you're bound to something Can't keep doing it all If you're really looking for love Girl, so love a lady, you know it's right here It'll come when you open up Till then we'll keep in touch We'll keep in touch We'll keep in touch You know the number We'll keep in touch Too late, show way, no way Drop dick, vulture, the cold case you care what you want from them names Trust me, we're not in the same race Your words are good chasing I thought about it I put it on the line But you run around it You say you need a space So I bought a rocket And back in the same place Cause you got me Reggie to procreate outside of their relationship in the first place. 
In the next several minutes of her YouTube video, Tammy details the ups and downs of their process to conceive, including the unfortunate miscarriage they tried to do it the natural way. Tammy 51 says she's tried IVF with an amazing doctor named Tina Cooper Smith several years ago with six eggs after freeze. Years later, with five eggs that survived the process. She says a doctor's candid opinion that their baby could be born with complications changed her mind about using a surrogate with her eggs, okay? Uh, Tammy also let people know Reggie still turned down the offer to procreate after the marriage of their uh, mantle home for now. Tammy says she's focused on her career instead of conceiving with her spouse. Let me let me stop there. Let me stop. Okay, you know what? He's very, he's a lot younger than her, which is, you know, it's hard for women to do those type of relationships. I'm going to just be honest. You know what I'm saying? It's different for males. Males can do the younger men, younger women thing. And I think it's, and I'm going to be really honest. I think men, it's hard for them too. I think men, uh, it's not as difficult as women because so much of, um, You know, we do at a certain point stop, you know, we slow down in our in, in the creation process or or if you ever, like, I don't have any children or certain people slow down, doesn't mean, I don't know, you never know. <laughs> but um, I think that it's, it's very hard for a woman who is 17 years someone's senior and, stay, and he has no children, unless he doesn't want any children, very hard to get with. <laughs> in a relationship with an older woman, probably because women mature faster sometimes than males anyway. And men sometimes can be involved with younger women because a lot of times what you find is most of the men who are involved with younger women, a lot of times they're, they they have immaturity. It's not all the time, but sometimes they, they may be lacking maturity in certain ways or something like that. And just men can do younger women because they're able to, their creation cycle is a little longer. Um. So I think it's always kind of a strange thing when women get involved with men much younger than them. Um, you know, listen. You know, it's not so simple. That's why I said I, she never. She must have never read the story about Abraham and Sarah. And uh, when Abraham, Sarah had this problem. You know, in the Bible, if you've read the Bible, biblical story of Sarah and Abraham, Sarah was not able to conceive a child. So she, in her frustration, she offered uh, Abraham her one of her handmaids, okay? And Abraham went in and conceived with one of her handmaids, right, or whatever. And so um, during this, uh, this which is where you get, you, if you guys watch The Handmaid's Tale, that's where it's based off of, this Handmaid's Tale. Sarah gives uh, uh, him Abraham permission to conceive with this woman. However, what happens after Sarah gives him permission to meet, because, see, Sarah has a miracle happen, a miracle of all miracles with her, because she old as hell. <laughs> and Sarah has a baby herself in old age, okay? A baby comes about, and suddenly Sarah is not so, and years later, Sarah, this is after Sarah has conceived, he's conceived the baby with with uh, his, the handmaiden, Sarah then years later has a baby of her own, and she sees, she already feels funny about this situation. But what happens is, because she, she already sees Abraham has developed kind of a relationship with the other young lady, okay, but, which is probably not making her happy either, 
But then there's a situation that happens once Sarah has her baby, and I think the story goes that Sarah's, Sarah's, uh, the, uh, Sarah's son is playing in the yard, and uh, she sees uh, the handmaiden's son mistreat her son. And she says to Abraham, she gets angry and just about She said, I want you to put the bond woman and her child away. And so Abraham has to to send his 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 you know he has to make the painful decision because he has built a relationship with Abraham. You know, there's nobody who preaches this sermon like Bishop T D. Jakes. He can preach this sermon, but he has to put the bomb woman and her child out, and he has to go. and And people say this is what the this is the root. A lot of people in religious and spiritual circles say this is the root of the fight that you're seeing in the Middle East. It's two brothers. These two brothers fighting with each other uh, 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 from uh, from the history of Sarah and the bond woman or whatever. So you guys have to look up biblical history. I don't I don't want to explain that tonight. But the thing about it is, here's why I'm telling this story is because Sarah did not think about what she was doing. She did not think of the consequences of him being involved in another woman and having a child with another woman would create a bond and would create a relationship and recreate other issues. Doesn't sound like Tammy Roman is thinking, was thinking, because it's not the fact of him just bringing a baby in the world, but it's about him creating a bond with another woman. Him actually probably having, uh, and starting to care for another woman and create a situation where he cares for another woman. Now he was, he decided he didn't want to do that, but had he decided he wanted to do that, she could have set a very dangerous precedent for their relationship, okay? So it is, uh, let me see here. I'm having a little, wait a minute, I'm hearing a little sound thing. Okay, you guys, I'm going to take a real quick break. Let me clear this up because I hear my beeping thing going off. So I'm going to take a real quick break. I'll be right back, and I'm going to change, put on my headset and and change out for my sound or whatever because I'm hearing, I know my sound is getting ready to act up. All right, so we're going to play On the Break, uh, Nights Over Egypt. I'll be right back in a moment, okay?
my little sound thing. Okay, we're going to... I'm back. Okay. You know, you know it's late night. Y'all know how this show be doing. Okay, I'm doing a show for y'all. <laughs> all right, so... All right, back to what I was talking about. Okay, so I was saying about Tammy Roman that there are so many more implications in a situation like that when you offer someone... You know, at that point, to me, it just means... Maybe you should have just ended the relationship. You know, I know that's hard. But if if somebody wants to, but obviously for him, he wants her more than he does the idea of children, okay? Um, the good thing is men can have kids at any time, you know. They can always, <laughs> you know, and there's so many other ways that you can have a child. I mean, you can have a surrogate. You can have, I mean, you know, if you want to adopt, there's a number of ways that they can have a child together. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, sometimes being a parent isn't just about, uh, there's a lot of, listen, let me just say this. There are a lot of people, and, and, and listen, don't get me wrong, being a parent biologically is a beautiful thing, right? You know what I'm saying? And every, and a lot of people, not all people, but a lot of people would love to experience that. But however, if you can't experience it, it is not the only way to be a mom or a dad or, you know, somebody in, to, to be something in somebody's life. You know what I'm saying? My biological parents were not my parents. I love them. <laughs> they're my parents, but they're not literally. My parents were my grandparents. So I was raised by my grandparents, so I consider myself, a, you know, kind of like an orphan adopted. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But. Uh, uh, but my grandparents were my parents. And sometimes that happens with uh, many people throughout. You know, there are a lot of adopted children who their biological parents want their parents. Much as I love my parents, even though I have a great relationship, I have a good relationship with them, uh, you know, it's not the same as, you know, being raised by, you know what I'm saying, someone. So my thing is there are a lot, of ways that if you want to embark on the beautiful journey of parenthood, you can do it, okay? And it doesn't have to be in a biological sense. You know, there's a story in the Bible. Esther. Esther was raised by her cousin Mordecai. She was not raised by, we don't hear anything about her parents if you read the story of Esther. So, you know, and he is every bit of the parent. So, uh, you know, there are sometimes parents come in different forms and they're not always people who are biologically akin to you, okay? So uh, that's all I want to say there. And I and I hope that if Tammy decides that if she really wants to bring a child, they really want children, you know, they, they can embark on it probably in a number of ways, number of ways, all right? Even though I know that's a hard decision to make because hard when you don't have that bio – you feel like you don't have the biological contact, you know, to it. But there are a number of ways that you can do it outside if you really want to experience the journey of parenthood. And I know that's hard. That's easier said than done. But it is a lot easier than bringing a third party into a relationship because third parties are a crapshoot. (laughs) 
you don't know what you might get. You might get yourself in a situation like Sarah where you like put the bond woman and her kid out. Because it caused a lot more drama than you perceived. Okay, so I wanted to share that story because I thought it was very interesting. Um, what's the next story? We're gonna talk about Portia up in here. Okay, Portia told a strange, told a strange story this week. Real Housewives star Portia Williams reveals abusive accusations against R. Kelly. Here we go. <laughs> okay, let's see. It says, uh, this is according to MSN.com, it says, uh, uh, former Real Housewives of Atlanta star Portia Williams is sharing new accusations about her past experiences with Art Kelly. Williams 40 opened up to people about what she called her upcoming memoir, okay, The Pursuit of Portia, out November 30th. An abusive situation she faced, she decided to share the story with investigators but she did not disclose when she reported her experiences. USA Today has reached out to Williams' representative for further comments. But she says, I realized it was my opportunity to help anyone who's been hurt by him, Williams told the outlet. There had been so many other instances where I had been abused by men that my mentality at the time was of an abused person and that it was okay for me to be treated like that. Kelly was convicted uh, in September uh, on in nine cases of sex trafficking and racketeering following a six-week-long trial featuring graphic testimony from dozens of accusers who accused him of sex, sexual or physical abuse. Their accounts include profane video and audio recordings that prosecutors say documented how he treated accusers with violence, okay? According to People, uh, People, Williams writes in her book that she visited Chicago in 2007 when she was 25 to meet with Kelly. Now, she's a grown-ass woman. I'm, I'm saying this for a reason. Uh, about potentially working together when he arranged for her to meet him at his home. She said she was led to the bedroom and left there alone until Kelly joined her and told her to take off her clothes. I've already put myself in this position, she wrote. This is what you're supposed to do. You have to. There's no turning back. After seeing him two more times, Williams wrote she, after seeing him two more times, Williams wrote she said uh, she woke up once to hear another woman being beaten in another room and decided not to see him again. U.S. Today has reached out to Kelly's representative for comment. Williams says she has kept the story a secret for years but wants to come forward and now in the hopes that it will protect other women from having similar experiences. It's something that you want to tell your, you don't, you want to tell your mom because your mom is a very strong woman. She did her very best in raising me, Williams said. And I think any woman or man who's been in an abusive situation, you don't want to tell your parents because you don't want to think that they let you down anyway. Okay, let me stop this. Listen here. I understand what Portia is saying about how as a woman that you can feel that you have to do certain things because you've been raised in abusive situations all your life. And uh, listen, it doesn't mean that R. Kelly didn't do any cruel and rude and mean things to women he was dating. A lot of men do mean and rude and cruel things to women they dating, especially when they be rock stars and shit like that because they got so many bitches coming in and out. I'm not saying R. Kelly is not guilty, but this is what this sounds like to me. I'm going to tell you what it sounds like, Portia. Okay? Now, I could be wrong and, you know, think you was a victim of abuse. What it sounds like to me is that 
you let him pull his power shit over on you, meaning that you didn't have to get undressed. You could have got your shit and said, hey, you know what the fuck? You just fuck it. Listen here. All right, Kelly, I don't want my music career that bad. Now, if at that point he would have assaulted you or something like that, that is abuse. But you making the clear, now him using his power and stuff is wrong, but you making the clear decisions because you wanted to move up in your career to take off your shit at 25 years old, that's a grown-ass woman decision. It's a bad decision, but it doesn't sound like an abusive situation. And you went back and saw him two more times, and they said, wait a minute, what does it say right here? Uh, after seeing him two more times, she said she woke up once to hear another woman being beaten. Okay, so she was sleeping now at his house. Listen here, that sounds like y'all was in some sort of fucked up relationship. Okay, you was trying to get. So, I, I, but don't claim your, you, you, you say I made some wise choices as a woman trying to, trying to establish a career for myself. And I made some decisions to, uh, I'm not saying this is what she did, cause, but I'm just saying what it sounds like she did. I made a system of decisions to give up the coochie cat so I could get up, pull, pull, you know. And in doing that, I recognized this wasn't the right thing to do. And he, you know, he was abusive to other people. And I didn't want that situation. Now, if she would have said that, I would have been like, okay. But she's trying to make it sound like, that he, he may have abused his power a little bit, just a little bit, but you abused your power too. You use your sexuality. To, you didn't have to use it. You didn't have to, uh, you didn't have to, you can say no. You're a grown-ass woman. No, motherfucker, I'm not taking off my clothes. I'm here for a business meeting. Are you going to help me sing? Are you going to help me do this? Okay, well, show me out. Out, where's the door? I understand you feel uncomfortable. Women sometimes do that, okay? And it's hard to be a strong woman and say, can you show me the fucking door? But you can be that. You don't have to sleep with nobody for years. See, a lot of these girls out here be sleeping for people, people to move up, and then it's abuse when everybody done found out you done fucked your way to the top. I'm not saying that's what, uh, what, what Portia did, but I'm saying it sounds a little suspect here. We done went back to see him two times. He was uncomfortable, but your ass, was, and then he said, I woke up, and I, I woke up. That's big. I woke up, and I heard another woman being abused. I woke up. So that implies to me there was a relationship. There's a lot I ain't hearing. Maybe that's going to be in the memoir and in the book in pursuing a portion. Maybe we'll get to hear the rest of the fucking story. But I don't know what she was talking to investigators about. Sounds like to me you was in a relationship with him, unless she's talking about the other woman who was being abused. Okay, I get that. But it sounds like it was a two-way mutual ass uh, 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 relationship, and that's what I mean sometimes in Hollywood a lot. I believe that's a Harvey Weinstein. Do I believe Harvey Weinstein's ass was a creep who abused his power? Yes. Okay. But do I think a lot of them bitches who slept with Harvey Weinstein took advantage of him doing that? Yes. So they could make they could get a movie role. Here's a Harvey Weinstein. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, I guess I could give him a little massage and a little bit of coochie child. I'm being this movie. See, a lot of bitches don't want to talk. It's abuse. I felt I couldn't. Oh, God. I, I felt so nasty. He asked me to take off my clothes. And I did it. And we had sex. And I was in three of his movies. Oh, it's such abuse. Nah, bitch. Nah, nah. Wait a minute. That's a decision you made. 
Did he abuse his power? Hell yes. But you ain't got to, uh, you abusing your shit when you say, I'm going to give him a little bit of coochie so I can get his movies off. I'm going to give him a little bit of coochie so I can get this. Because a lot of you women don't think that using your sexual powers is a problem either. Some of you helpers knew that Harvey Weinstein wasn't shit and knew he'd give you a movie role if you gave him some coochie and went up in there with the purpose of giving him coochie. Same thing with R. Kelly. Some of you mofos knew R. Kelly wasn't shit and went up there and put the purpose of seeing R. Kelly for some hits. Fuck you and your story. Because you use your sexuality back at him. And you, to me, are not a victim. A victim is somebody who's assaulted. Your ass wasn't assaulted. Your ass agreed to what I call a whole transaction. Portia, it sounded like a whole transaction went on to me. Allegedly. I'm just saying what it is. Because you said I woke up and I went back to visit him two more times. We're not dealing with this tonight. We're going to try to act like, see, the Me Too movement got us out out here fucking twisted. Yes, there are men who abuse their power, but there are women who take advantage of that, of men doing that. There are women who damn well will sleep. There are a lot of women in Hollywood who have made their fucking careers by sucking dicks and turning, you know, turning their ass up to somebody. There's a lot of men who made their careers like that. There's a lot of people. Yes, do these people in power abuse their power by saying, hey, you know, like tonight, if I went in tonight to, to the music industry and I went to the producer's office and he said, you know, I'm a grown-ass woman, though. Now, you can't do it. When you're 22 and 23 years old, you scared of shit. But at 23 and 24, I was pretty strong. My grandma created a strong ass chick, and I done had I had rappers. Listen, I've been in some situation where some mofos try to holler at me in some uncomfortable situations, and I let their ass know. Yeah, that's a part. Okay, so I feel like when you now, yes, is it abusive to say somebody going you go into somebody's office and they pull their dick out and say, um, yeah, I'll give you this movie role if you take my dick. Now all you got to do is say fuck you and your movie role. And walk out the door. But no, a lot of these bitches will bend that, get on their knees and start sucking dick. And then holler, I'm the victim. But they took that movie role and they moved up in their career. Well, see, it was it was either that or I would be black about no, no, no. It's about it was either that or your integrity. Now you could have reported his ass so he could have stopped abusing other people, but you didn't. You got down on your knees and created a whole transaction. So you the hoe. Okay, you got paid. Ain't no sense of complaining now. Mm-hmm. No, no sense of complaining now. You made the decision. You didn't make the decision like other women who said, nah, fuck that. I'm not sucking your dick. Hell with you and your movie. There's a lot of chicks who did that and who who got who are not in the industry right now and who got stories to tell where they said no and they chose not to move up. And they chose their integrity and their dignity. But a lot of you helpers hollering, me too, me too, moved up by through these men who were abusing their powers by uh, using your sexual powers too. By saying, well, I did, I may have to say, but I felt, I felt like he gave me no choice. Yo, bitch, there was a choice. You could have walked your ass out of his office 
and said, so you were there with me at the end of my career. Well, it just would have been that way. But you didn't have to lose your integrity and your dignity by sucking dick. If you sucked the if you got down and sucked his dick and he abused your power, same thing with women or same thing with women who abuse their power, and you took the you took the bait, you completed your whole transaction. My personal opinion is your ass shouldn't be out here complaining. Now you can say to women, hey, you know what, I did a stupid thing. I got involved in the casting couch. I made a lot of my career early on, I made really bad decisions for men who were abusing their power, I decided to sleep with them. I abused the situation, too. Instead of reporting them and taking their hard way out, I went ahead and played the game. I played the game, and, you know, it helped my career, but it wasn't a thing to do because I didn't realize how it would affect other women in the industry. And I ain't never heard nobody say that. All I hear is bitches talking to you, they get victims. Oh, she to give him a massage, and I said, okay. Nah, who are you asking? Man, you better get your ass out of here. Why are you asking me for a massage? You know what I'm saying? You don't have to do, you you can say no. Now, if he continues to assault you after that, that's a rape. But when you participate in the bullshit, then you are what you are. You have accepted the whole transaction, and there's nothing else to say. You should say, Harvey, I said what I said, and I wouldn't change my mind. I went back two times. Uh-uh. No, no victim. I'm sorry. I'm not victim shamer. This, you're not a victim. You're a person who decided to make a trend, who made a deal with the devil. And then you want to holler, you a victim. No, you're not. You made the deal with the devil. And instead of saying, hey, I made a devil stupid to do that. But you come out here trying to see, you try to change it around. When you made a decision probably to sleep with this man or mess around with this man, I'm not saying that's what Portia did, but it just sounds suspect, a lot of shit she thinks. Okay? I was there. I went back to visit him two times. He told me to take off my clothes. I know I did. But no, you didn't have to take off your clothes. Do you make you take off your clothes? Then you should have called the police. But if he did not make you take off your clothes, and you decided, if he walked in the room and said, take off your clothes, hell no. I'm not taking off my clothes. You take off your clothes. Who the fuck you think you talking to? Right, you know. And he then he continued to assault you or make you, then that's assault. But if you say, okay, I'm going to take off my clothes because I know this is going to lead me to arrest a hit. That's not assault. That's a whole transaction. Okay. Let me do it. Kim Kardashian and Pete Davis go on Instagram official. Kanye's wife, this is according to Roger Smith, Kanye's wife, Kim Kardashian, goes on Instagram official with new love, Pete Davis, Davidson. The unlikely couple were posted on Instagram by public enemies frontman, Flavor Flav, who celebrated Tuesday at Chris Jenner's estate in Palm Springs. Oh, my God. Now, some people want to say, you know, I was listening to Tasha the other day. She was talking about Kim going white. Listen, Kim is not, there's no... Listen, there's not a lot of white men that are going to take Not the upscale ones. Pete Davidson needs some publicity and some, you know. I, I, I can't, I'd be shocked if Leonardo DiCaprio was running around here with Kim Kardashian. I would probably know this in his, in his career, okay? Uh, so upscale white males are not going to run around with Kim Kardashian, okay? They, they're, they're, very, they're a lot more discerning. I hate to say this. My black brother, 
brothers are not that discerning about Kim Kardashian. Well, now they are because she got four kids. She got a village. And nobody fucking Kim like that. It's a lot of kids with Kanye. And Kanye can be a little off kilter. You know, he was just on drinking Kim talking about that's still my wife. <laughs> Even though they get in the woods. So, you know, not to me men want to deal with that. But most of the white males had peaked game. The upscale white men and upscale white men in Hollywood had already peaked game on the Kardashians before they had kids and stuff. Now they may have fucked them on the low, but they weren't gonna take them out in public. None of them. Maybe Kendall, she's kept her little stuff, but none. The rest of them, uh-uh. and she ain't. They ain't even doing that with her. Why? Because they understood what the game was. It was only up, upscale black men who wasn't getting that shit. Like, after she did the porn video, that literally says, damn, you know what? Shit. Maybe I don't need to wipe her up. That's what most of the white men in Hollywood was like, mm no way. Mm. I'm not ruining my brand. <laughs> but the black males, not all black men, but a lot of the black males in Hollywood was like, shit, I'll take her. I mean, what the fuck? That's what happened. You will not see George Clooney if he was singing Run Around with Kim Kardashian unless he was at the butt end of his career. You know what I don't see? And you might see Brad Pitt next to you at the butt, and Brad Pitt seems like he's struggling, and he got a bunch of kids right now. But you are not going to, they're not going to fuck up their brand with Kim Kardashian. You're like, well, what's Carla? What do you mean? She's pretty and everything. Yeah, but she's, she got that stench on her. The stench of the porn taste is how she made it, how she this and that. You know, they look at all that. They like, mm. but it's black men who don't look at all that. Now, Pete Davidson is desperate right now. This dude, he just wanted publicity. I understand. Okay. Yeah. But this is where she's going to be relegated to. Okay. If she gets one of those upscale white men out there, I'd be shocked. They were probably coming to the end of their career. Now, but some of you black men would still wipe her up, not understanding that you got to watch your friend. I always tell black males, listen, I, I always say this, and this, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be racial or anything. Love is love. It can go across the uh, cultures, ethnicities, all of that good stuff, you know, okay? But what I will say is that you have to pay attention. Like I always say, like, you have to pay attention. Like when you when you have a the top of the line. Like, and I learned this years ago when I was in college. I learned this 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 this, this from white a lot of white people being around. I like you know like when you have a top of the line echelon beautiful white girl who is constantly, let me just say, she could easily get white meals, and she's constantly kind of uh, looking for black men. Sometimes it could be that she's attracted. Oh, oh, I know what I was supposed to talk to y'all about, Adele. We're going to get to that in a minute. Oh, yeah, we got to do that, pal. See, that just reminded me. See, because I lost my show. I got to talk about y'all, the politics of the day. We're going to talk about that in a minute, which I'm going over into right now. Okay. When you have this beautiful, beautiful uh, uh White girl could easily have an easier life because it's hard being with a black man because black people in society go through so much shit, right? But when you, as a black man, when you are dealing with the cream of the crop of white women and no white males are fucking with her or trying to get with her, you got to ask yourself why. Yeah, 
I learned this. I did. I learned this being around some white people a lot of my life. I seriously, because a lot of times it's like our culture. Sometimes in the black culture, we know things about people that other people can't, other cultures can't see. Oh, we like that boy, that boy, that boy about to be made of food love or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Or that girl about to be, you know. Because sometimes ethnicities recognize certain generalizations about people and stuff like that. The other, we all have our little cliques and little things like that, even in culture and ethnicity-wise. And I always say to black men, you, the, the thing black men should have been asking about themselves about the Kardashians is, wow, we're the only ones fucking with these girls. And Leonardo and all of them ain't fucking with it. What's going on here? That's what you got to ask. You know? Because they know to say, and then you might find some real shit. Well, the reason we don't fuck around with her because she's been known. I mean, we've all been through her, first of all. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that was with, with Kim Kardashian. But I'm saying you will find in those societies, they'll be they'll no secrets of because we all, and we realize that, no, that's not for us. You know, she's great for a good time. But say they come over to another culture to try to sell off that where the other culture is not so, especially a culture with low self-esteem like black people in America sometimes who think they're having whiteness or white males or white women is, is sometimes, you know, it's an upgrade. And it's not. But we we have those things in our mind. We have colors and all these things. And uh, we don't understand that, you know, There's a reason they're not coming at her or him. Okay? So I just <laughs> I hope y'all understand what I'm talking about on that note. But let's talk about Adele real quick. I haven't been talking about Adele a lot. And I really like Adele. I love her music. I love her sound. But the politics of Adele, this week Adele was on Oprah. She's been talking about Rich Paul, which I got my eyebrow at that up a little bit, but I digress. Um She's been everywhere, and she did a concert and everything like this. But And I remember somebody said this week, is, somebody, I heard somebody on a blog or something say, was it Sister Tasha Kay? I don't know if I heard Tasha Kay. Tasha Kay, I love you, but I disagree with this. She was talking about she's a Beyonce. I was like, Tasha Kay, she is not the Beyonce. Beyonce is nowhere near Adele. Adele can just stand up there. She don't have to have bells and whistles. She don't have to have a, she just stands up there flat-footed and singing. Classical music, everything. She don't need to shake her ass, come from Leotard, show her booty, she don't need to do none of that. She's just that. And which brings me to an interest in what I'm talking about, the politics of Adele, which brings me to a very interesting thing. I'll probably end the show with, I, I, I said I was going to talk about Beta O'Rourke, but I'll save that for next show. We'll talk about Beta O'Rourke and um, his run for governor. But I'm going to end the show tonight with talking, I think, about this with Adele. Uh, it's not her fault. It's just it's kind of what we're sold as black people. And particularly, I, I really want to go in with black American people. And, then I, oh, you know, this ain't going to be the last part. I got one more thing to say to Maxwell after this. Something else. I heard an interview this week. I need to hit on that, too. But... I remember growing up in the 80s 
70s and seen all types of black female singers out there. Black female singers, uh, you know, who stood on stage, didn't need leotards, didn't need uh, coochie cutters, didn't need nothing half-naked, and they would sing music and be powerful. People would love it. They were very classy on stage and everything. The Whitney Houston's, the Anita Baker's, uh, Tony Braxton, even though Tony's sultry and sexy, but I mean, I'm just talking about we don't see that type of female singer anymore in the black community. Like we're seeing being sold Adele is sort of like from the Whitney Houston. If you're going to say Adele is anything, sort of more like the Whitney Houston, okay? Uh, Adele doesn't, isn't, she now she might get more naked because she's skinny. Adele isn't over sexualized in order to be promoted. But I'm seeing a lot of black female singers who, in the age of Beyonce, Rihanna, who are being over-sexualized in order to be promoted. It's the same thing I saw with boy bands. When we were young, we had boy bands like New Edition and stuff like that. Then suddenly, around the late 80s, they started um, sexualizing black male boy bands. Like there wasn't a sense of innocence, but they had all these white boy bands who had a sense of innocence to them, like a new edition or like a Jackson 5. But then they started selling the mannish, uh, over-the-top, over-sexualized, hyper-sexualized uh, boy bands to all children. But we no longer had the new edition stuff like that. Jackson Suddenly they were becoming the white kids, like instinct and stuff like that we're becoming that. And I'm seeing the same thing today with female singers. A lot of them are so over-sexualized. You don't have a lot hyper-sexualized. There's not a Whitney Houston out here. But there is a white version. White people are not, you look at a lot of the, you have Britney Spears who was over-sexualized because she could sing. So they had to do something with her ass, Okay. Y'all know her ass can't sing. Let's stop it. Oh, baby, baby, how was I? So, what was she thinking? What was it? She thought she was doing up. Mm-mm. We ain't allowed in here. All right, so, so she had to be over-sexualized, okay? But uh, you don't see a lot of, uh, and there's nothing wrong with being sexy. I'm just saying that they're hype. Most of the female singers now, there is no room for a black version, a black Whitney Houston anymore. But a white woman can be like this. And we're not noticing as black people that what's the, how that's being how this is going. You're being sold hypersexual images of black women. But here's Adele, just a classical singer, standing her ass up on stage, emoting and singing, and that's what you get. That's it. But that is no longer being sold to you as black people. The images now is everybody gotta be Hypersexual like Beyonce and Rihanna, Chloe, little Chloe, uh, flossing her ass, and I, well, I see the little girl showing her ass, every, and I like Chloe, but it's like now she's come too much. She's showing her little ass every day because it's she, it's there's this sense of hypersexualization for black women, and then you have a girl like her who plays the instrument, sort of Alicia Keys, like now she's even becoming sexualized. I mean, I don't mind her being sexy and everything. But she's not that type of singer either, like the Whitney Houston type. Adele is a, a is somewhat a throwback to some like the Whitney Houston 
era or the uh, or singers who just can't even, that's not being no longer being promoted to our children. Our children, I mean, I grew up being a big Whitney Houston fan, right? So you, so, so she was classy. She had a big, beautiful voice. Her sexuality wasn't overselling her, her, that's what, you know, Beyonce's trying not to, she's trying to be the singer now, but she's too, too late for that for her. Uh, but for a, uh, 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 before, uh, I mean, you know, she had to do a lot of hard work to get to that point. Not too late, it's, it's just it's kind of going to be hard. But for Adele, is, uh, uh, white women are allowed to be uh, classy, not over-sexualized. Now, I do have a sense that Adele, it's going to be interesting to see where Rich Paul, where this, this situation with Rich Paul takes her. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I speak on that on another time, but I do find that to be very interesting. I feel like that we see that a lot of times. It's just like Bruno Mars. You know, our black male R&B singers are not allowed to do to keep it. I mean, you know, I mean, a lot of them, not, except for people like Maxwell and stuff like that. Sometimes it's a lot of over sexualization. But, you know, um, and it's nothing wrong with being sexy. But I feel like Bruno Mars is able to roam a little bit more throughout R&B because he is not black. So that's why I said we have to be careful of the perceptions and all these things that these record companies be selling out here in, you know, in the look of things. And when I, as I saw Adele this week, I said, wow, you realize she's a throwback to the Whitney Houston's uh, of the world and stuff like that. She, you know, she's just a singer. And I'm not seeing that a lot with black singers. And if you are that has a black singer, then you have to be some Mother Earth type. <laughs> you know, no offense to Jill Scott and them, but you're literally Erica Badu and Jill Scott, like light incense and stuff. There is no more, I'm not seeing any more of, the, of, of us creating Whitney Houston's or, you know, people who have a classic look or a classic sound and who can just stand on stage and emote without the bells and whistles, they, they are the powerhouse. And so I feel like we, we have to kind of look at Adele a little bit more closely, not to say, not to, to diminish her talent or anything, but to look at how images are sold to us of white people of various things. And for black people, they get lots sort of, sounds and look. And when women like Whitney Houston created the genres for people like Adele, you know what I'm saying? So it's very interesting. We're no longer, she's very Barbara Streisand, like, are are we allowed to have any more black Barbara Streisand types? You know what I'm saying? And what I mean by that is, where they don't have to be overly sexual. They can be sexy, but yet they can still stand on stage without all that and can just deliver a powerful show. I mean, I feel like they don't want to do that anymore with black women. I don't see us having that anymore, and I see a lot of that happening lately in the industry. I don't know. Y'all got, you guys tell me what y'all think about what I'm saying here, Okay. All right, I wanted to end the show. Oh, I want to go back to Maxwell, okay? Listen, 
uh, it was something. I heard Maxwell do an interview this week, okay, before he was winning the social award. Can I pull it up? Is it somewhere I can pull? I don't know if I can pull it up. He did it again. <laughs> he was talking about him being, you know, accepted as a black man and how he didn't feel like his story was accepted. I don't know what he was talking about, but he's saying something about how, I don't know. I misunder. Maybe I misunderstand him. But I would, and he said he was so happy to be, you know, accepted into the story or whatever. I am, listen, I'm, when I say this, I will say this again. Maxwell is my favorite singer. I love Maxwell. Uh, however, you know, I'm really big on foundational black America, really starting to understand that we're a culture. Just like Jamaicans are our culture, Haitians are our culture. We are a culture. And I think we have to respect and have boundaries. I think we haven't had boundaries and respect for what we were able to build out of the harshness of our experience in America. And so for me, it's about when you have an artist like Maxwell, who is Haitian and Puerto Rican background, may have been raised in America, but that's his background, There is a sense of, like, you should be in awe of the culture. I, I, it's no, it's no, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, diminish yourself, but I'm saying, damn, like, what the fuck? Like, hey, foundational black America has created a space where I could come in and allow, you know, they allow me into their, into their, into their family. But it is, it's like a talk around us. Like, we ain't shit. We are the, re- we are. We are soul music. We are R&B music. That shit came from slavery to Jim through Jim Crow, through segregation, oh, them ch- singing in them church churches, singing out in the fields. Our ancestors went through some real shit to bring about some of the best things this world has ever seen. That is foundational black America, ADOS, American descendants of slaves. And can we get some fucking respect? Can we get some fucking respect? Well, everybody quit acting like we're nothing. Like you can just engraft your way into our shit. I respect, listen, I ain't trying to engraft my way into the Haitian Revolution. Do I respect? Back to Haitian Hell yes. First Black Republic, that shit's dope. Yes, I talk about that. But can we have some respect, some sacredness for the for, for our ancestors, for the black for black Americans' ancestors, for what they went through, man, this thing, this genre they created, black Americans created. I mean the white you know who who has some respect? When he was just here, it's these London boys, a lot of them London boys do. But when when Mick Jagger was here, one of the places he went to was the African-American black museum here in Texas when he was just here. They used to, they say Mick Jagger and them used to just, the black musicians, black American musicians, they were in awe of. 
they were like, wow. Even though they were selling out arenas and everything that some of these men were like muddy waters and all of them would never do. But they were in awe of the of the uh, of of little Richards and stuff like that. They they were just like, whoa, and, and we're allowed to be in this space with them. These are white males, white European males, understanding that shit. This culture been through a lot, and look what they've been able to create. But we got other people coming over from the diaspora who are black and don't even respect us. Be acting like, oh, you just supposed to let me know. You, 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 we black, you just let us into your culture. Fuck that. No, when y'all come over to Nigeria and just walk up in the culture, hell no. I understand I'm not Nigerian. I respect that. But if Nigerians let me in and they love me and appreciate me, that's a beautiful thing. Thank you for the love. I am humble. But I don't just expect to walk up in our shit. This was built with blood, sweat, and tears. The white European men understand that shit more than some of y'all do. Respect the house. That's all I'm trying to say. Please. This is, and part of this has been black America. It's been our fault. We have not been... We have not. We have cast our pearl before a swine, and we have not kept what was sacred. What's the thing today again? <laughs> we have give, we have given what is sacred, and I'm not calling other people in the diaspora dogs. I'm saying, but we have given what is sacred to that means men to make money off of commodity and stuff like that to the dogs, and we haven't protected ourselves and our group as a whole. We've had such a low self-esteem. We haven't understood how powerful we were. This shit should stop. We need to stop that. Because everybody else is disrespecting us because we have first disrespected ourselves. And we have to create boundaries. I do respect. I respect. I love listening to the interview with Maxwell, but I did not like to talk around. I was like, you, you got in grass. They, they let me in. Let you into what? What they let you into? I'm not quite sure. What are you talking about? Then you want to say, let me into black American culture. Show us some love. Shit. It's our people went through hell and high water to bring those sounds about. Marvin Gaye's weren't born easily. Aretha Franklin's weren't born easily. Even though there was a bunch of them, they didn't come about easy. That came through hard shit, hard times, years of being on the American soil, through abusive situations, through the through uh, uh, government-sanctioned racism. Our people paid a heavy price for soul music. Our people pay a heavy price for gospel music, for the blues, for jazz. Our people paid a heavy price. Respect it. Respect us. Shit, that's how I'm going to end it tonight. <laughs> respect, respect, respect the American descendants of slaves, the foundational black Americans, the people who have been on the soil for hundreds of years. Yes, other people have been engrafted into our, we let other people be engrafted into our story, but it's mostly our story. 
and it's not been one that has been easy to come by. It's been one full of, it was a lot of bloodshed for us to get to the point where we are. And so I hope we as Black America start to respect ourselves and our stories more. That way other people in the diaspora understand the boundaries and understand the respect, understand to respect us because we'll have respect for ourselves. The problem with us is that we've we've been so inclusive because we've been trying to find ourselves because we've been under the most harsh system. We were enslaved the longest, child slavery, the worst slavery. And then we had to, our people had to endure 100 years of Jim Crow and segregation, other horrific horrors. And so we constantly, through those horrors, we were constantly trying to find ourselves. See, what happened, what really the truth about foundational black Americans, we never, we never really assimilated. They tried to make us assimilate, but we didn't. We started creating our own. We, we became American, but with our own flair. We're powerful, and we, they sold that to the world. We just didn't realize the beauty and the power of us. And, yes, we are a culture. Black America is a real culture story is real. So I have some respect for it. That's all. That's all. I'm not just saying that to Mexico. I'm saying that to all people in the diaspora. And I'm saying that to ourselves. We got to respect our story. The more that we start respecting, that's when we can stop up there looking at the fictional ass we were kind of. Shit. Wakanda, I always laugh at black people liking Wakanda because I was like, you couldn't even get into Wakanda. Wakanda has strict restrictions to outsiders. <laughs> it was a horrible story. Black Panther was such a hideous story towards black Americans, but I digress. The thing about it is if we saw ourselves, if we, if we, if we, if we weren't so desperate, We've been too desperate looking for ourselves in other places, trying to go back and find Africa, all this and stuff. But we don't understand. We have become something really beautiful through our struggles and our storms and our, and we created something really beautiful. And now we need to start uplifting that. And we ain't got to find ourselves in nobody else because we dope. We dope as fuck. Okay. That's it, y'all. <laughs> I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. Man, I'm about to go to bed. I got to get, get up in the morning and get my nails done, child. I got to get ready. I'm going out there. It's a lot. I got to go. It's getting ready for Thanksgiving, all this mess, child. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. When I come back, y'all know what time it's going to be, right? I can't wait, okay? But until then, you guys. Have a really wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week. I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. We are going to leave out with uh, Groofy, okay? T- uh, tell me, okay? I'm out. See y'all. Y'all have a good one. Good night. See y'all. <laughs>
right. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are listening to the archive show. You guys, make sure you hit me up on Carlotta72 and C-Chatwood Show on Twitter. Now, those are two different accounts, but I mostly work from the C-Chatwood Show side, but follow me on both, okay? And then you can also hit me up on Instagram at Carly's underscore galaxy. And my favorite place to meet me where y'all write me, y'all be sending me messages and everything else, the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page, okay? So you can hit me up on there, especially if you have a message or you'd like to be on the show or something like that. Definitely hit me on there. Sometimes I take a while to answer. Please, please forgive me if I haven't got to you yet or I haven't answered you if I forgot y'all some way. You're always welcome to send me another message, okay? So sometimes I get somebody somebody's message lost in the sauce. And I'm telling y'all, you know how, child, sometimes they be all unorganized, okay? So make sure that you do hit me up that way, okay? All right, so listen, listen, I want to say this because I know I have some Maxwell fans that listen to me because I have some friends who are Maxwell fans. Listen, please don't be mad at me. I know I didn't check in the Ramada in tonight. I didn't get that much on the rehab that night tonight. It's mostly my own crew. I'm a big Maxwell fan. I just say what I think. So I hope you guys are not upset with me. Uh, you know, still, I hope you, you know, I say what I think. I say what it is. So, uh, and you know what? Um, Listen, I will try to have a show sometime this week coming up, you know, after Thanksgiving, maybe I'll be in Kansas City, so maybe I'll try to have one on Saturday. If I don't have one, I'll do one when I get back into town, okay? You guys, happy Thanksgiving. We're in the holiday season. Can y'all believe it? Woo, y'all, have a good one, okay? A blessed one, okay? Eat real well. Enjoy your family and your friends, all right? I am Oh, what am I gonna leave out with y'all? What's um what's what we gonna leave out with? We're gonna leave out with let's leave out with some Julian Vine sway, all right? I'm out. See y'all. <laughs>